I pay attention to attention because no matter what, that is gonna be the greatest currency that anyone can own is the attention. Your content is boring, getting no attention, and that's why no one's watching. Let's fix that. In 30 days, I gained 20,000 plus followers on Instagram, no paid ads, no shout outs, all organic. So tell us, how did you do it? I look at myself as like the Mr. Beast of short form content. I look at it every single day of how can I get better? I'm like, I stopped studying the algorithms and I study the human. I wanna look at the psychology of why does someone get interested in a video? Why does someone need to click on this? Okay, let's break that down and synthesize it. I do this every single day at an unhealthy level. There's actually like a very small set of things that you really need to hit to be successful. Here is the set of things that you need to focus on for the next three months that's gonna drive impact. What would you say? Number one. I wanted to quit and give up everything. I was so frustrated with myself for two years of losing audience and I felt like I lost an identity of myself because I had transitioned from being so-and-so's videographer to now on my own. And it was a really tough transition because I'm like, what will people think of me? I'm like, well, people think I'm a fraud. What is it about you? What is it about your story? What is it about your experiences that given that set of circumstances and how you were feeling in that time, you were like, I'm gonna keep going. The reason is because I had one conversation with my father that said, I don't want to become a doctor because of you. That was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. And that moment, anything else that I did that was scary, I'm like, this isn't as scary. Emotion, curiosity, plus relevance, like that's a viral hook. And the other switch that I made, which has been huge, is delivering immediately. The one tip that I learned from Mr. Beast, and this has been an unlock, is before we get into the video, YouTube analytics say that 90% of you guys are not subscribed to the channel. If you want to see even bigger guests, better conversations, please subscribe. It really helps us grow the podcast. And with that, onto the video. The Callum Johnson Show. On today's episode, we have Enrico Incarnati. Enrico, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. I was telling you before we even started, like I've been following your Instagram. You've been giving me a lot of game on like how to, how to do reels, like how to grow an audience. Um, and I think the thing that stood out about you you say things in like a level of detail that I can tell you really do it. Mm. I think sometimes you, you watch people that make content, especially like educational how-to content, and it feels like they read it from a book. Mm. With you, I felt like you were, you'd experienced it and now you're like telling the story. Mm -hmm. um, so it's great. It's great to Appreciate be doing it. this in person. Thank you. Okay, so here's, here's where I, where I want to start and I want to get straight into it, straight it. into the good stuff. Yeah. Um, I was reading a tweet thread that you put together. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read out the first tweet and okay. I, I want you to break it down for the people. So you said, I gained 20,000 followers on IG in 30 days. Here's how I did it. So tell us, how did you do it? This episode is brought to you by Free Agency. If you want to take your career to the next level, Free Agency is a company that you should check out. They manage and represent talent in the tech industry and they provide you with a dedicated talent agent to help you find, engage, and win top of market roles that will maximize your earning potential. No more leaving money on the table. Stop job searching alone and start building your dream career today with free agency. Anyway, back to the show. That's a great question. Um, I need to give a preface beforehand because I think a lot of people could see that and be like, oh, you're lucky now, like you have audience now. And mm. I'm like, no, I, I didn't have that beforehand because I lost people. And so I think that's important to understand of uh, people just want, they want to hear the tactics of like, well, how do you do that? How do you write a good hook, intro, all that, like all the details of a video. But I was losing people for two years. Like mm. I had no idea what I was doing with it. And I put up a video today, um, which I was actually hesitant to share because it's a more personal video. It's not like a direct talking head video of, hey, here's X, Y, Z, a mistake you're making, whatever, go do this. It was like, literally I said, I wanted to quit and give up everything. 
because mm. I was so frustrated with myself for two years of losing losing audience, and I felt like I lost an identity of myself because I had trans- transitioned from being like so and so's videographer to now on my own, mm. and it was a really tough transition because I'm like, what will people think of me? I'm like, will people think I'm a fraud? Will people think mm-hmm. I'm not smart enough? Right? And so during that time, like I had built an audience to certain amount of like by proxy of working with certain people right and so once that started dropping off because now i'm like building my own thing i'm like oh my do people not care anymore Mm. right like i wasn't getting any i was getting like 20 30 likes on a video Mm. and i like had 15k followers and i'm like this is i I look like a fraud i look like i I bought people yeah and it was a transition of like i had to redo the audience because i'm like it's okay if i weed people out some people are going to stay some are going to go and during that time it was pivotal for me because in the video that i posted today I'm like, I would lay in bed being like, I want to just give up all this. And I'm like, fuck all this, Mm. right? Because I'm like, what am I doing this for? And the only reason I am where I'm at today versus then is because I'm like, I'm not going to quit, right? Mm. And I even say this too. I'm like, my motto is be a fucking shark because like sharks have to swim forward or they will die. Mm. And like that always plays in my head of like, even if I am the most frustrated and the most just in in my head about everything, I'm like, I'm going to keep moving forward. I don't care. Like I'm going to continue to show up. And it goes, it goes without saying of like, I don't know if you've ever seen that photo of, it shows two people of one guy like mining for diamonds and the other's like on his way to start mining diamonds. The guy up top is one more ax stroke away from like hitting the jackpot mm. and he gives up, but the other guy keeps going. Mm. And that's what it's been like for me of like, I've never looked at the prize of the diamonds. I've always been in the process of like hunting for the diamonds. Mm. I've adopted the mentality of Gary Vee of like, I want to go buy the jets. But like, I'm, I'm in the process for doing that. Mm. And throughout that whole preface of like gaining the 20,000 followers, it was testing a lot of things that didn't work, right? It was mm. finding my message of like, okay, this is a new Enrico that I'm building. What do I want to talk about? Well, I know how to build an audience for people because I've done it for others. Maybe not necessarily myself, but I'm like, I know what to teach. I just need to figure out a way of how to package this. Mm. And you asked like, well, how'd you do it? The number one thing that I had to change was I had to stop speaking to my ego and to people who would never buy from me or would ever follow me in a sense of like, I had to stop worrying about the people that I thought were going to care, right? Mm-hmm. Like your friends, your family, and all these people that like you think are, you know, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing if you do that, but I think a lot of people get in their head where they speak to other entrepreneurs, other business owners because they want to look good, right? And so for me, I'm like, no, I'm not in this to impress anyone else but the person that actually needs my help. Mm. And oh, by the way, I'm not going to talk so smart because I know for some people that's already complex. Like being on video for some people, it's hard because they get scared. And so I'm like, okay, I have to make this so simple that a fifth grader could do this, Mm. right? And it takes work with that. And over time, I would get better at like, okay, let's replace this word with this one. Let me study certain things here and understand how this works. And mind you, during that whole period, like I am relentless with studying content. It's funny, you, uh, I know you're friends with uh, Zach, I believe his last name is like Pagreb. Yeah. I'm like, I'm obsessed with this shit, mm. like at an unhealthy level. Like mm. I, I look at myself as like the Mr. Beast of short form content mm. because for me, I'm like, I just know no matter what, I'm like, I'm going to be the best at this because for me, I, I look at it every single day of how can I get better? I'm like, I stopped studying the algorithms and I study the human, right? Mm. Because for me, I want to look at the psychology of why does someone get interested in a video? Why does someone need to click on this? What words is Mr. Beast using in this video? What words is this one YouTuber using? What words is this person using? And like, okay, let's break that down and synthesize it of, okay, I could take this piece of it. I could take this little part of it. And it helps me understand a little bit of, okay, 
why did this get me curious to want to click on their video, right? What mm. outcome are they speaking to? And I and I I do this every single day at an unhealthy level. I study copy. I study uh, the written word, like whether that's copy in an email. I study the written word on, on Twitter. Like I analyze everything. And mm. it's funny. I know like we're connected with a lot of mutual people on Twitter. I study that stuff hardcore because I know they don't waste a single letter on Twitter. Mm. And I didn't. I did the exact same thing with video. Mm. I did not want to waste a single second because I I've analyzed Mr. V's videos to the to the tenth of a second of like okay this cut here was 1.2 seconds this next one was maybe three seconds why was this a little bit longer right and I know that he has to get right to it the other thing too that I changed within my content was instead of adding fluff at the beginning which I think a lot of people do because they're afraid of well you know someone's gonna miss misinterpret this message they're gonna think you know i'm a fraud what if like they, they think that i don't have enough context in it like i just get right to it like i know what you want right within my content i realize all people really want at the end of the day is they want to make more money with their business they want to gain more attention grow more followers more likes engagement whatever you want and i'm like however i speak to that is whatever i want to do the creative is the variable mm. right so i know no matter what i know what your outcomes and desires are whether that's maybe having a fear of speaking on camera too, but like you want to get better at it because you want more followers. You want to grow your business because it, it matters to you. Like this mm. social media thing matters to you. Mm. And so for me, I looked at it as, okay, what can I do in this sense within my content of yes, making it more elementary for a fifth grader to replicate, but also like, how can you go apply this immediately to where it's the utmost tangible to where you're like, okay, I understood right what he did here. Like everything made sense. Like I can go do this. Mm. Right. And I think that's a long about way of saying, and there, there, there's, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of different like nuances with it. Um, but I just, the, the way, even the way I talk about this, like, I'm like, I, I, I love this at an unhealthy level. Yeah. Um, just because it's always ever changing and I don't ever look at it like the 20,000 in a month. I'm like, that's cool. But I'm like, I'm in it for the process of it. Like, I'm not mm. looking at, oh, I'm going to get to hundred K and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to cash in. Mm. Right. It's, I want to just keep getting better. I want to put out a, the next video, it'd be like 1% better than the next one. The next piece of content, like I want to study a little bit better. Like, could I have used one less word maybe? Um, and so that's a, that's a long about way of saying all of it. Like, I don't care about the amount. I just, I got better at the process along the way. Yeah. No, I can tell you that in, even the way you speak about it. Um, and it's funny because I actually, a few weeks ago, I put out a tweet because I just felt it. It's like, um, and I felt it even with this podcast. Because I think when you're creating content, and I think it's the same actually when you create a business, you go through like um, different periods and like transitions in your mentality. And so I remember when I first put out the podcast, it was like, th there was inspiration there. There was like, I wanted to put out this thing, but it was almost, it feels like you're putting yourself out there. It's like this vulnerable moment and you're, you're putting a lot on the line, it feels like. Um, and even you even spoke to it like kind of your ego like will anyone care i remember that that literally keeping me up before i put up um before i posted my first episode i was like will i get any listens or will i post this on my linkedin my twitter my instagram and literally like 10 people will listen and it will mm -hmm. be like this huge flop and no one cares um and i said on my twitter i said um i said you know that someone is about to hit it really big when the only thing they care about is consistency. It's like they've lost their mind so much to the game. Like you spoke about being obsessed. It's like they're so into this thing, the only thing they care about is just showing up. 
they ain't even looking really at the scoreboard. I've, I've even heard like um, top level athletes like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan talk about this, where they're like, there's almost like a disassociation with the result. All they care about is like their practice. It's just showing up, putting their shots up. Um, you know what? Before we get really deep into like the video content stuff and like the strategies and the tactics, I actually want to talk about your story because you said something which I feel like every entrepreneur, anyone that's trying to achieve something special, something meaningful in their life has experienced, which is this pivotal moment where you've put yourself out there, you've done this thing, you've challenged yourself, and it's just not really working as you expect. Mm -hmm. You're not getting the results. And you've reached this point where, you know, you've gone back to the drawing board, you've tried some different shit, and you've, you've gone back to the audience, or you've gone back to your customer, and it's still nothing. And you're disillusioned, you're just done with it. And you're like, okay, you kind of have that thought of like, maybe this just isn't my thing. And I think kind of what, what separates the people that succeeded is they just kept pushing anyway. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to this stuff. Like I love to get into the psychology of it. When you're in that moment and you're disillusioned and you're thinking this isn't working and you're literally losing followers. Cause I think a lot of people even think they just think about their followers being stagnant, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're not growing. They don't think about actually losing. Mm -hmm. That's even worse, right? Mm -hmm. I want to know, what is it about you? What is it about your story? What is it about your experiences that given that set of circumstances and how you were feeling in that time, you were like, I'm going to keep going. Like what, what did that for you? The reason is because I had one conversation with my father that said, I don't want to become a doctor because of you. And that was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. And that moment, anything else that I did that was scary, I'm like, this isn't as scary, right? Mm. Because for me, I'm like, that, that was the biggest fear I had was facing my father of, I don't want to be a doctor for you because mm. this is your dream, not mine. And it started back, I mean, I don't know how deep you want to get into it, but like it, start, it. it started back um, in high school, I was 17 years old and I become a certified nursing assistant because I want to be, I want to be a doctor, right? And it, it's funny, I, I've, like I've never, I mean, I, I've told this before, but um, when I was a sophomore in high school, we had a test. It was, it was called like a explore test, like a plan test. Cause you know how you take like an ACT test and like there's a, I forget what the other one is after that, but the, the test beforehand leading up to it is called like an explore test. And this was just more of a career interest test. I would rig that test so I could go home to show my dad on paper, I'm supposed to be a doctor. Mm. I, I, I didn't answer what felt right for Enrico of like, Oh, it's one of those tests where, you know, you can pick, you know, are, are you, like, how likely are you to want to do arts, right? And it's like, I would select the least one because I'm like, that's not what a doctor would do, right? It's like, how mm. interested are you in science? Extremely interested because that's what a doctor would be in, right? Mm. Because I wanted the results to show when I went home to my dad of like, see dad, like I'm supposed to be a doctor, right? Mm. I almost like took the identity of this is what I was supposed to be by proxy of like what my father wanted and I lost my identity there. And it was interesting because every time I would, I would face like my dad's friends, they're always like, oh, like you're Enrico the doctor. And I'm like, I'm 17. Mm. I'm like, I have like 10 years, if not even 15 years until I get that. Right. Mm. But it was every interaction became that. And it became 
the standard of like I'm gonna be a doctor, and like at 17, like it's a lot of pressure. Of mm. uh, I'm like I don't even know if I want this anymore, right? Like, it, but I it didn't hit me until college. Um, so obviously, like I said, 17, I became a certified nursing assistant, um, worked in a nursing home, and I was like, I'm I'm doing it, you know. Mm. And I took like advanced placement chemistry the following year, which I can't stand chemistry. I mean, if you like chemistry, amazing. I love that for you. I hate it. I can't stand it. Yeah. And the year following, I enrolled at DePaul University in Chicago. And I was in, you know, health sciences, like pre-med major. And I took chemistry class again. And I had a lab at night because it was a lab component to the in-class component too. And my lab was at 9 p.m. Or I think it ended at 9 p.m. And there was one moment where I was walking home. Like I was walking to the gym actually from lab. And I saw a piece of content from Gary Vee. Hmm. And this was the most life-changing piece of content ever. The piece of content said, I would rather you spend the next two to three years doing what you want to do, not pleasing your parents, versus the next 80 doing what they want you to do and resenting them. Hmm. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, that's what I'm doing. Hmm. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And I, I, I don't know what it, what it, he, it was one of those where he said everything without having to say much at all. Like mm. he summed up everything that I was feeling in that piece of content. And I had to tell my father, I don't want to do this anymore. And mind you, this is coming from someone whose father came from Italy with $2,000 and like built an entire business for himself and like does really well. And I, the first son and like the first grandchild in my whole family is going against kind of like this doctor thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going against kind of the standard, right? It was almost, it was freeing because I'm like, Gary gave me the permission to do so, mm. you know? And so I had to tell him like, dad, I, I, I can't do this anymore. And he's like, okay, like, what are you going to do now? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Like, give me a year. I'll figure it out. Mind you, he had every right to be upset because he's like, we're paying how much money for you to be in school for you to figure it out? Like, mm. you know, I'm like, just give me a year. I'll I, I don't know, but let me just try. So... It's funny because we've talked about like identity and even before we started, like I've had to go through this, like I didn't know who I was anymore. I genuinely didn't. I had to go through a lot of like just me mental blocks because I'm like, I'm, I was supposed to be a doctor. Now I'm like a communications major. I was taking like journalism classes. I was again, like just figuring it out. I'm like, I, I don't know what I want, but I know what I don't want. Mm. And that was the key. Mm. I'm like, I know what I, I know what I don't want. So that gives me a lot more clarity, even if I don't know yet. Right. And so at this point, I was trying to find like things that I like to do, right? And there wasn't a lot for me at school because I'm like, okay, my girlfriend at the time, she was going to become, you know, uh, an accountant at like a major firm. And I'm like, fuck, who am I? I'm like, mm. I'm going to be nothing. Mm. Like, I'm not going to be a doctor anymore. Mm. I'm not going to be this person that's going to have this nice lifestyle that is that comes with a doctor. Right. Mm. And it was funny. Cause like my father associated the salary that a doctor would make with my status mm. of like, Oh, you're going to make three, $400,000 comfortably. Right. And I always had that in the back of my mind of like, I'm not going to please him. Mm. Right. And I'm like, it's, it's not going to do well for me. There came a point, um, where it was, you know, af after my time telling him of like, I switched majors and everything. I, it's funny. I have the photo on my phone of like me in the gym and I posted on my Instagram story a while ago of like, I, I didn't say anything, but I was just at the gym and like, I, I kind of had my arm over the bar and I just kind of shot a photo like in the squat rack. I was just done with life. Mm. I really was. Cause I'm like, no matter what I do from here on out, I feel like I'm not going to please my father. 
and I feel like he's not going to look at me the same. Mm-hmm. And it was at that time where I attempted suicide, wow. which is why I have this tattoo on my wrist, which says Forza, which in Italian means strength. Mm. Um, I was, I, I was just literally done because I'm like, I, I don't want to do this. I'm like, I, I don't, I, I, I couldn't fathom crawling out of a hole of like, not, it, it was, it was just, it was just weird. Of like, I couldn't fathom crawling out of a hole of this depth of like, wow, you were supposed to be this and now you're here. Mm. Right. And it's like, I had to crawl. I, I could, I, I literally, I'm like, I could not fathom getting out of there of like, even no matter how long it took me, it's always going to be in the back of his mind of like, you could have been a doctor. Mm. And so that moment was like a real, just like a, you can do this, you know? Mm. Um, and I, I, I lean more into fitness at that time. Cause I'm like, this is the one thing for me where, you know, I, I like it. It's, it's comforting for me. I always gravitated towards going to the gym over my chemistry lab. Um, and I found more people in the fitness space. Obviously it's just, when you get into fitness, you go on YouTube, you search stuff, right? Mm. I found two people that I resonated with. It was Christian Guzman, who was the owner of Alphalete Athletics yeah. and Max Tuning. Um, and Christian really, he was another one that gave me more permission to just kind of do it. Mm. And he left college, he left TCU to, he was vlogging and everything. And I'm like, I could do this. Mm. And it was funny. I was working at my school's gym at the time and I was doing Snapchat videos on my phone, like in my apartment, just giving like fitness tips, whatever. And my girlfriend that I had at the time, she was like, why don't you make YouTube videos on this? And I'm like, all right. So that weekend, I went and bought a camera, like a GoPro, and I started filming myself. No idea what I was doing, no idea how to edit, nothing, but I'm like, I'm just going to figure it out. Like, I'm just going to do this. I'm like, I want to, right? Mm. And I put out a few videos, whatnot, and then upgraded to getting a camera, saved money, like bought a Rode microphone. I'm like, I'm legit. I'm a YouTuber now, right? Yeah. And I was <laughs> vlogging my day to day. Like, I would go, I would skip classes to go get a time lapse mm. for my vlog. Because I'm like Casey Neistat vlogs and I loved his storytelling and I, and I, I just paid attention to everything he was doing. And I'm like, well, if Casey's doing it, I'm going to go do it. And I'm like, fuck school, right? Because mm. I was more drawn to that, like the filming and the art side of it. Because I'm like, I like this, right? Mm. Like I, this is the one thing that I have the control over of like, I can tell the story how I want, mm. right? As I'm rewriting my own, I can tell however stories I want to tell. Mm. And that was a real powerful thing for me because I'm like, okay, I, I, I want to do this filming thing. And, you know, over time, um, as you vlog and whatnot, I was just like following Christian. Christian was holding a summer shredding competition, which all that meant was from March until June, you would do like a three month competition to see like, you know, who can get like shredded. And it was more of like a weight loss challenge type thing. Um, And at the end of it, you'd go to Houston and you'd fly to his gym and like you'd celebrate with everyone who like got shredded with you and whatnot. And so I did it and flew to Houston that day. Um, celebrate with everyone. And there was a man who I met there who his name is Zach Rushlow, who on Instagram, he's the flexible dieting lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And we connected and I'm like, man, I love like all the recipes you post. Like he makes a lot of macro friendly recipes for people in the fitness space and anyone that wants to like eat healthier and put a spin on things. And he's like, yeah, man, I appreciate it. You know, and he like, let's connect. We connected on DM. He sent me like his recipe book, whatever. And uh, we just kind of stayed in touch a little bit. So when I went back to Chicago, um, he put out on his Instagram story that he was looking for a videographer. Hmm. And I'm like, Hey man, like I'd love this opportunity. You know, I'm like, I'd, I'd love to do it. He was looking for a videographer to come to, to go with him to LA for five days to hmm. film. And he's like, Hey man, like, you know, why should I choose you? There's two other people that have more experience. I'm like, I'll work harder than both of them. Like hmm. both of them combined. I'll work harder than both of them. Like I'll figure it out. 
And he's like, all right, like, can you find a ticket here and find your way here? I'm like, yep. So two days later, I bought a ticket to LA and I was, I was there. The kicker with all this, I had surgery two weeks prior on my hip because mm. I tore my hip labral from squatting. I was in no position to be flying or sitting or traveling because I was on crutches. But I'm like, I wanted this so fucking bad. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, I don't care if I'm in pain. Like mm. my mom and dad were even like, you literally can't go because you have surgery. I'm like, no, I am going to go because I want this mm. and worked with him for the next five days. And that turned into a full-time opportunity with him to where I moved from Chicago to then go to fly to Austin, Texas to live there. And I worked with Zach for the next year. And the other thing now is after my time with Zach, um, I moved back home to Chicago. And again, I was like figuring out again, right? It was like that whole identity of like, I, I went up and like, now I kind of went down again of like, now what am I going to do? Mm. You know, it was more of like a, I, I like, I like, I like to look at it as like a, like an internship type thing. I worked with him mm. and uh, I went back home and I'm like, what am I going to do now? Like people know me as Zach's videographer. I'm like, shit, like, what are they going to think of me? And I've never said this to people really. I mean, I, I said it a couple of times, but like I went to go work at Whole Foods because I needed money. Mm. Like I, I needed, so I was a cashier for like six months at Whole Foods and I was on the side, like doing Uber Eats and I was doing DoorDash to, to make money. And I didn't, I, I kept this like a, a real secret. Cause I'm like, this was such a humiliating, humiliating thing for me to like go from here to then down back here. How old are you at this time when you're working at? I was uh great question. I think I was like 22. Yeah. No, I'm 27 now. Okay. Um, and so from that point, I'm like, okay, I'm just kind of figuring it out again. I contemplated going back to school, mm. which is funny enough. I'm like, I had one year left. I contemplated going back. Like I dropped out to go work with Zach and I'm like, why not just go back and finish? Right. Mm. Um, but during that time, September of 2018, it was, I was following. Oh, actually, I, I totally forgot to mention this. During my time working with Zach, I had met Jordan Syatt, who was Gary Vaynerchuk's coach at the time at an event when I was working with Zach. We had connected and we had just kind of linked up and we just stayed connected throughout the years. 2018, right, when I was still working at Whole Foods, he put on his Instagram story that he was looking for a videographer. And I'm like, hey, man, I'd love this opportunity. <laughs> and he's like, hey, bro, someone responded ahead of you. If it doesn't work out in the next three months, I'll let you know. Mm. So three months went by. I vividly remember this. I was on the Stairmaster doing cardio at Lifetime Fitness at my gym. It was like December 1st. I get a call. It says Jordan Syed on my phone. I'm like, what does he want? Mm. He's like, hey, bro. He's like, do you want to move to New York City? I'm like, yup. <laughs> he's like, dude, it's like, you could take time to think about it. Like, no, no, no. I'm like, there's nothing to think about. Like, let's do this. This is a hell yes. Mm. He's like, all right. So two weeks later, I, I, I didn't move yet. I flew to New York City to kind of link up with him, hang out for the weekend. Two weeks after that, I moved my entire life to New York City in a small Chinatown apartment with six other roommates to work with them for the next two years. And it was, it was just like that moment of like, everything to me is either a hell yes or a no, right? And it was really cool. What really, really hit me was when I met Gary for the first time, we were at his apartment to train because obviously Jordan trained him. And Jordan's like, oh, like Gary's coming down. Like I just texted him like, we're going to go work out with him, whatever. And I'm like, I had a moment of like, am I really fucking doing this? Mm. And Gary comes out. He's just like, what's up, bro? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what's up, bro? Like, good to meet you. You know, I'm like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Yeah. Like, I think that, and I, I, I sometimes I, I get emotional about this. I'm like, your one piece of content changed my entire life to now I am standing right in front of you working out with you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is, this doesn't make any sense. Right. And 
I worked for Jordan until 2020, and end of 2020 is when I moved on to doing my own thing full time now, which I do consultancy for people, like for their social and everything, um, and you know, filming and editing and whatnot. So that's a long about way of where I was then to where we are now. Yeah. So you know what's um, it's interesting because uh, even with this podcast, um, we have conversations with so many different types of guests, and I'll think, and even people will ask me, they're like, what unifies it? Like, what is the, what is the central concept that you're trying, to, you're trying to push to your audience? And I really hope, I think there's so many people to your point that they're like, they're burdened by expectation. And it's not even their own expectation. It's the expectation of their friends, of um, their circle from where they like grew up, from their parents. Um, just from their environment and I just think it would be such a beautiful thing if people could just feel what you felt in that moment when you met Gary Mm -hmm. which is like um, because I felt it in small moments in my own journey which is just a very it's just surreal and you're like wait what Mm -hmm. like me with this I'm in this this person's talking to me like it's 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 surreal it doesn't make sense and um but there's a pride that comes with that there's an accomplishment of like i did it my own way and like here is where i am and you know when i was listening to your to your story um i think the one word that came to my mind and you know what, i'll say two words i'll say conviction and confidence actually you know i'll give a third as well courage mm. and I love what you shared because it's so real and I think people are going to listen to it and they're going to, they're going to resonate and they're going to, um, there'll be a lot of people that have felt that same thing. They felt um, low. They felt like lost, like they're not doing the right thing, like they don't know the answers. And I think the thing that's going to get them out of it are those words I mentioned. It's the courage, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I want to know from you is like, In that moment where you have to go, you've made this decision and you have to go and speak with your dad. And I know as like, I'm sure as also as like the eldest son, there's a conversation of like, oh, I need to tell my dad this thing. And like this person who like, I look for their validation. Like it, it means the world to me to, for this person to um, respect and like admire what I'm doing. And you're going to have this conversation where you know you're going to tell him something that he's probably not going to like. And you just go and do it. And then even um, when you see those videographer like opportunities and you're like, I'm in, I'm going to do it. How do you build courage like that? It, it goes back to what I said, where I'm like, the hardest thing for me to do was tell my father, I can't do this one thing. It gave me the permission to do anything else that I could do. And it's like, I look at this stuff now that I, I've either said no to or said yes to. And I'm like, I would never have been able to say yes to that a while ago. Mm. I look at it like working out. It's like rep one for you is going to look really hard versus rep a thousand of doing something. Right. Mm. It's, it's what we talk about. Like when it comes to social media, of like getting the reps in right post number one versus post a thousand, I guarantee you you're going to be a lot better at mm. it's just repetition. And I think most people are afraid to even take that first step or that one rep because it's scary. 
right? Because it's like, well, what if? Well, mm. I'd rather wake up at 92 knowing I did it versus wondering what if. Mm. Because for me, I don't ever want to live with regret in a sense of I want to be able to say yes to things that internally feel feel right for me that like have a hell yes. And I always go back to Gary and that's why I've resonated so well with him is because I'm like, he gave me the permission to do so. Mm. And he gave me through his through my phone the permission to do so, which is why I understand the value of content and social media and that you're just one piece of content away from a new life, whether that's someone speaking to you or like you speaking to someone else through a phone or a computer, whatever proxy that is. But I look at that as like, whoever's permission you're looking for, like it needs to come from you. And mm. Gary gave me that permission to say yes to me, mm. right? I've said yes to my dad and my mom, like everyone else in the past of like being what they wanted me to be. And I'm like, this was the first time that I said yes to me, right? And so anything else I do now is always a vote for myself or against it in a mm. sense of like, is this going to move me forward or not? And I think if, if literally everyone just viewed life that way of like, it's either a hell yes or a no, you'd move a lot mm. further because most people live in this middle of like, well, I could go back to school or maybe I could start this business, right? And they have a plan B. It's like, no, no, it's a plan A, mm. right? And I know a lot of people, they'll, they'll say, it's funny, I, I uh, replied to someone's tweet because uh, he put out, um, you know, a lot of creators would be, would be more successful if they actually looked at it as like a full-time thing. And I'm like, it's because most people have a plan, have, have a plan B for things, not a plan A. And they, they don't treat it like a full-time thing. And so for me, I always look at that for anyone else. I'm like, if you gave 100% effort at it, I'm not saying you have to like burn the boats and they're like, well, I have kids and everything cool. Like, well, what can you actually do? Mm. Where I was at, I didn't have kids. I was young and it was something for me. I'm like, okay, I learned from Gary. Even if I fuck up until I'm 30, I still have time. Mm. And I think when you expand your timeline in whatever realm, this is what I learned a lot from fitness too. A lot of people like want to lose weight so quickly. And I'm like, for what? Mm. Because you want to look good for your ex? Mm. But you need to look good for your kids, right? Which is a long game. And so for me, for everything else, I'm like, okay, it's all long game. Just expand your timeline with it. Mm. And people look at it as such a short-term thing especially when it came to dropping medical school and the whole, that whole career, I'm like, what am I going to do now? It felt so daunting, but when I expanded out, I'm okay. Eight years out from being 30 and I still be young. Cool. Like that gave me the green light. Mm. You know, what's crazy about, um, life. And I tell myself this life, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, it will give you exactly what you want. Literally. Yeah. Like it will literally give you exactly what you want. The thing is, it's going to test whether what you say you want, whether you actually want it. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, I want to, um, you know, I want to be like a successful like YouTuber and have all this audience and impact all these people. But it's not actually that that you truly want at that point. It's the, it's the ego. It's the accolades. It's the fame. You want everything that comes with it. And... It's, in, it's interesting, like, it's just, it's just another reminder, like, even listening to your story, a lot of the time before you can become the person you want to become, it's almost like the old you has to be, like, destroyed. Yeah. And sometimes life, it's like, it's tough when you're going through it, because it won't leave a trace of the old you. It's like, and, and as you're going through it, you're like, this is tough, man. This is like one thing after the other. Did you, did you have a moment that, like, it felt like that? I need to, it's funny. Yesterday, my girlfriend and I were walking in the city. Yeah. And because like now I live in Dallas. And so um, I, 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 I had to walk through the old parts where I used to like 
habit of this coffee shop I used to work at and, and whatever. I've, I've had to do that in the past where I went to my school and I had to give myself permission that it was okay that I left, mm. you know? And like, I, I had to give myself permission yesterday that like, it was okay that I grew up mm. and I had to, it was just another thing of like, you did the right thing, you know? And I had to like see my younger version of myself to know that, you know what, where you were at this time was a place in your life and it was a chapter and not that that needs to be closed, but that's not your identity anymore. And I've always gone through different periods where, like I said, I had to go through college. I had to go to my old college, to my old, uh, wherever I would go and just give myself permission of like, yes, I see my old self there. That's not me anymore. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Because I think a lot of us hold on to what we should have been or we could have been or, you know, old identities of ourselves. And that's why that rules us versus stepping into new identities because it's scary. And you never, ever close that. And not, th- that's why I said I, I don't ever close it. I almost like hear it. I give it recognition. Mm. Right. One of one of my, my favorite things that um, a friend of mine told me was that like anxiety, it doesn't ever go away from your body. It's just we learn to live above it. Mm. And yes, it lives in our head, but we live on the top floor of it. Right. And it's like all the anxiety of like, well, all of my past identities, like I see them, but they don't hold power anymore. Mm. Like all the future identities that I want to be, I can't give that power because I don't even know what that looks like yet. I'm just trying to be present for right now and say yes to the things that like I want to do and that I love to do. And I've always guided that and that's always guiding me in the right place. So it's like, why stop now? You know? Mm. Yeah. Man, that's a that's a beautiful journey to even to even go on. Yeah. Um at that time when you were younger, what do you think like what was the thing that you were the most afraid of? What, what do you mean like when I was younger like when when you were going through that experience and like because even listening to your story so much of it comes to like the identity right mm. even when you spoke about the whole foods thing and I, I can just I can see that because it's even um I've had a similar thought right because even for me like I moved from London to New York um or to the US because my mum lives here mm-hmm and it's funny like when you're leaving london and you're telling your friends that you're going to you have all these visions of what you're going to do right you you have visions of like oh, i'm going to go to new york and i'm going to achieve all of these things um i'm like going to be someone mm-hmm. and i remember my first six to 12 months because the school i went to in the uk was like a good school and like all of my friends they go on to like um, a lot of them are like doctors lawyers engineers they go into like investment banking and consulting there's a certain status, there's a certain reputation that comes with these roles. Um, it's interesting, like you even, if you, I remember an experience of going into a supermarket in the UK and uh, the lady that worked there asked what I was doing as my degree. And I told her, cause I was doing politics, philosophy, economics. And she was like, wow, like you sound like that's smart. Mm. Like, and uh, certain roles and certain things that you do they, there's like the reputation precedes it it's like people respect you if you say you're a doctor people don't have any idea what you do really or like um what you specialize in but instant respect mm-hmm. and that's a validation there's a validation to that and so i think about even in my own experience my first six to 12 months here i could not get a job anywhere mm. like i didn't have any experience no one really knew my school from back home so they didn't give a shit about it and it was one of those things like the old me almost had to be destroyed you get like humbled to this point where you're like you're used to being this person 
and your reality just doesn't match up and you have to let it go. And like, it was fucking like scary though. Yeah. Like, it's like, uh, it, it's scary to be like, maybe I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you make this bet on yourself. Like, what if you were wrong? Yeah. And so that's why I ask for you, like, even in those, in those moments and you can choose the moment actually. Yeah. But like, what were you just afraid of? I think a big part of it was like acceptance. Mm. And, and, and I'll tell you this. One of the scariest things for me, I don't know why, but when I worked with Jordan, I was almost worried that he would judge me on my last working relationship with Zach because mm. they knew each other, right? He didn't care. And I think for me, I held on to that of like, are you going to judge me by my, my last at bat, my last shot? Right. Like I look at like if we want to talk about like Kobe basketball, like I think people focus too much on like, oh, you you missed the last three, like you ruined the game, but you had a Hall of Fame career. Mm. Right. It's like I think we focus so much on that last effort, like our last at bat, our last yeah. post or whatever, whatever that is. Right. And I think for me, it was just like, a, oh, like you just move on to the next. Like no one really actually cares that much. Mm. We care because it hurts and it's an ego hit. But like no one really cares that much. Right. It's 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 funny. I think uh, right now, like one of the biggest like trending things is like because the LSU Iowa basketball just happened. Like people like talking like the you can't see me yeah, thing. Yeah. I'm like in a week, no one's gonna care. Mm. I'm like like people people move on, and that's one thing that I've realized is I'm like people don't actually care that that much. And this isn't to be like you know talk negative about Lee, but it's just like people are living their own life. And at the end of the day, I look at that as like we we focus so heavily on oh my god, people are gonna be judging me by this and like. My Instagram feed doesn't look aesthetic, right? I deal with a lot of people like that. Mm. Or, you know, they're going to worry about like what I used to do or who I used to hang out with or whatever. It's just like, okay, and? Mm. Like you outgrew that. And I think for me, it was like a big acceptance thing of like, okay, is this person going to accept me for who I am now, Mm. right? I always like to say, I want to leave people in a better place than when I found them. Mm. And I don't don't look at anyone different of like, you know, oh, you went to this school? Cool, you're better off because you went to Harvard. I'm like, I don't care. Mm. Like, are you a good person or not? Like, do you embody the same qualities and traits that I care about? Cool, then we match. Mm. And I think in this day and age, the degree, like you mentioned, like having the college degree, the backing, like that doesn't hold as much weight. Mm. You know, you said like, oh, you're, you know, I'm in, I'm in politi- politics, economics, like, uh, cool. But I think nowadays, like a lot more other, like social media is, is the thing for a lot of young kids. Mm. Like they want to do that. And it's like being a YouTuber was thought of as being a joke. I'm like, well, Mr. Beast is about to be the first billionaire. Mm. And it's an, it's a level of acceptance of I always look at people like, what are they doing? I'm like, Mr. Beast left high school and he spent 10,000 hours obsessing over YouTube. And I'm like, but he accepted himself first. Mm. Right. And so every single time it has to be a you have to accept you for what you do. And whether that's like, you know. If I stay up later to work more or to read more into content, like, is my girlfriend going to be upset? And I'm like, well, I've communicated with her that, like, I might do that because I love this, Mm. but I'm accepting me. I'm not worried about, like, oh, man, like, I didn't spend enough time with her last night now. Like, she's going to be mad at me today. Like, no, I'll I'll make up for it. But Mm. it's going to come within, like, checks and balances of, like, I'm going to give more to this sometimes and then less here and then more here and stuff. And so it just comes with, like, you know what? This is who I am, right? Mm. And I again, I I take a lot from Gary because I'm like, He's just himself unapologetically and doesn't care. Mm. Like he's going to do what makes him happy. It was, it was really, really funny. We were at an event with, I was, I was at an event filming Jordan and I have a photo of it. It was a charity event that Gary was at. A lot of like, you know, high level influencers and a lot of like big time people. And like, 
Gary just left. He's like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go home. I'm tired. And I'm like, but aren't people like, aren't you worried? Like people are going to like say, oh, Gary didn't stay later. Like, I can't believe he would leave early. It's like, no, he did what he wanted to at that time. Like, that's mm. what was best for him. Cause he's like, I, I can't give anymore. I'm tired. Mm. And he just did what he wanted. And again, it comes back to like that just acceptance of people aren't going to care about what you did in the past. It's like only you do more because that sits within you. But it comes to back what we said of like, you have to reconcile with that yourself. Mm. You know what? Um, I remember hearing this quote from uh, Nipsey Hussle. He said this, he said, would you rather be, would you rather be at peace with yourself and at war with the world or at war with yourself and peace with the world? Oof. And for so many people, especially when you're younger, you're at peace with the world. There's so many people like the, the world loves you. But in your own mind, you're like, this isn't it. This isn't it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because I left my job about six, seven weeks ago to do this podcast full time. And I tell people, it's like, it's the hardest I've ever worked. Like you're working every day. And it's not even just about the hours. It's like the mental toll. Because you almost lose your mind to this game. Like you, you're always thinking about it. Even the way that I consume other content, it's through the lens of this podcast. Um, I remember one experience going to, uh, I was at a Super Bowl, like watching party with my friends. And I remember it got to the second half and I just had a thought in my head. I was like, I was like why am I here? Like, I shouldn't be here. Like, I should be growing my business. I should be um, doing my podcast. Um, like, there's a, there's a toll to it. But I've, I've woken up every day and there's just a comfort in, like, I'm doing my thing. And that's why even it's called The Callum Johnson Show. This is just me. Like, mm -hmm. this, is, this is just it. Um, and there's such a comfort in that. You don't even care so much about the, the results anymore. There's just a comfort in doing you. Um... You know, I want to get into, I want to get into the Gary, the Gary stuff. Yeah. Because um, I think the, the, the interesting thing with Gary, and I've, I've followed him, what are we, we're in 2023? I probably followed him since, I'd say like 2016, 2015, like a long time. And I remember when I, the first time I heard him was actually on a podcast called uh, Brilliant Idiots hmm. with Andrew Schultz and Charlemagne the God. And I remember when I first heard him, I was like, I have never heard a man speak with such conviction. Mm. He was talking about like legacy. He's like, I only care about legacy. I don't even care about what I'm doing right now. He's like, watch what I'm doing when I'm 80. I was like, wow, no one really talks like this at this time. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. And I think the interesting thing about Gary is like a lot of his life, we see it because of the content. But for someone that was behind the scenes and for someone that kind of, you get to see like those quieter moments when like the camera's not on. Like what is he, what is he really like? He's literally himself in a sense of like, he is answering comments, like in between sets, working out, like he's responding to people. He's posting on Instagram story. Like he, he's doing like the things that people are like, oh, you have someone else. Look, he's, he's actually doing it because he cares about that. Mm. Like that's a legacy thing for him. Like when he's off camera, he's, he's himself. He's calm. Like he's chill. Like we, we I, I have a clip. I don't think, I've, I mean, I've never posted about it um and uh it's funny like he was he was stretching out like i he, he was doing he was training legs that day mm. and he's like stretching out he's like he looks at me he's like do you do legs i'm like yeah <laughs> he's like a lot of, a lot of people look like like christmas trees like they have like small legs right like they need to train legs more i'm like i know i'm like i see it trust me he's like yeah like people just they need to train legs more you know it's just like it's just like a funny thing like that where he's just like yeah you, hey you do legs i'm like yes i do legs gary thank you um but like it it's just those little moments of like, he's just himself in that sense, right? Like 
I, I haven't been around him a whole ton because my main focus was Jordan, right? Mm. But the times in which I was, I'm like, he's just him. Like he he wants to like move with speed and mm. just move unapologetically, right? Mm. Like if he can't work out that day, he's just like, yo, I I can't do it today. Like that's it. It's mm. there's no like, oh, I'm gonna regret this later. Like if I can fit it in later, cool. But otherwise, like his day is like, from what I know, like extremely regimented, mm. right? And he doesn't beat himself up about it. Like he does not, he doesn't, like, like I said, he doesn't look at his L's. It's just like, cool. I couldn't do it. That's fine. Mm. Like it's not a big deal, you know? Mm. Um, and that's why I've gravitated so much to him is what you said about the the legacy thing. And we talked about like on the podcast, so just like being consistent, like I can't fathom a day now where I'm like, I'm not showing up on social because it matters to me. Mm. Like it does. And I know a lot of people look at it as like, oh dude, like get in touch with reality, go get a real job. But I'm like, fuck you. Mm. I'm like this saved my life. Like this matters to me because one piece of content saved my life. And I know that I can save not necessarily someone else's life, but like I can maybe save a career. I could save someone another day, right. By like just showing up because I know no matter what, like you need that one extra or that one more to like see it through. And mm. I was there. And that's why I, I am so passionate about it right now because I look at it as like, that's my obligation to show up. Mm. It's funny. Stephen Bartlett had, uh, um, I forgot her name. She's the host of the Call Her Daddy podcast on Barstool. Oh, Alex Cooper. Alex Cooper. And she's like, I, I, I do everything for my audience. Mm. And I think there's a balance of like, you know, being obsessed about it. But like, you have an obligation to show up for them because you'd be nothing without them. Mm. And I look at everyone now that is, they feel too good for their audience or they feel like they can't answer comments for people. And I'm like, you don't get it. Mm. Because you would be nowhere without them. Mm. If like, you don't have time to go shake someone's hand or go speak to them. Gary, he'll find time to like interact with you, engage with you, right? Like he doesn't look, he doesn't look at you as like, oh, are you worth my time? No, you are because I wouldn't be where I am without you. Mm. And I value that in a sense of like, when I said before, I'm not looking to hit 100K and then cash in. I care more about in 27 years from now, when I drop the book of like how to be a fucking shark in a noisy world, mm. right? Like I care about you getting that mm. because that's like my whole life story. And oh, by the way, that's going to probably be like a $5 book. But like at the end of the day, I'm not looking to cash in. I don't ask for anything. I've never done so. I've never needed to. Like knock on what I'm blessed for that, mm. right? But like I just genuinely come from a place of like I want to give so much more to you at an unhealthy level at such a disproportionate amount to you amount to you that like you just go do whatever. I'm not looking for anything in return. I have mm. zero expectation on like oh well I gave you this piece of content buy from me. Mm. No. Like, cause then that's me giving with a hidden agenda of like receiving. Mm. I genuinely want to give to you because I want you to go apply this to go be better. Like you get, you give me a massive comment. You're like, you're spitting game on like reels and stuff. Cool. Like I'm not asking you for anything. Mm. Like I'm never like, Hey Cal, I'm like, I've helped you in this video. Cool. Like what's your credit card number? <laughs> right. Because I'm yeah. like, dude, like amazing. Like go win. Like I want you to, mm. right. Like that, that's just for me of like, I care more about how that looks in the long game of whatever that may be of wow like you really helped me here and i truly do appreciate that like thank you mm. you know you know what's crazy even if you thought about it purely from a selfish point of view think how much value you just created like even think about for gary right like how many up-and-coming entrepreneurs are like the reason i'm doing content or the reason i'm doing this business is because i watched him and one of those guys will be like running shit and they'll be like that's that guy is the reason even if you just purely thought it, not even trying to help anyone, just like purely selfish. Think about the value. Like it's probably at Gary's point, it's like millions of people. Like I'm, lis I'm listening to the guy in London on my way like to school on the bus. Like it's 
the content game is it's crazy mm-hmm. that you can that you can touch people like that mm-hmm. um you know what i want to um for people that want to get into like video and being a videographer from your vantage point now um cuz you got some like you got some very cool opportunities um how can someone get into that how can someone get the opportunities and then also how can someone start to sharpen their skill set and be someone because this is the thing about life, right? It's not just about getting the opportunity. You need to deliver. The work mm-hmm. actually really starts after you get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So how can someone nail both of that? The getting the right opportunities and then also having the, the skill set sharp enough where it's like, I'm going to crush this. I think getting the opportunities, it relates to DRock a little bit where, I mean, he and I are, are friends too, where he's like, I just wanted to work for Gary. Like I, I, I made stuff for him for free no expectation of like, Hey man, if you just enjoy this video, like go post it, mm. you know? And like, he genuinely just wanted to give him something. Cause he liked what he had to say on some, on some podcast or wherever, wherever he was speaking. He's like, Hey man, I, I really resonate with you. And like, look where it's gotten him now. And I think a lot of people would be better off. And it's, it's, it's so crazy. I get so many DMS now where it's like, Hey, Oh, we can edit these clips for you. Uh, you know, if you want, like we're a clips agency, whatever. And I'm like, so go do it. Like, go find my content and then show it to me mm. instead of telling me you can do stuff. I think so many people are about talking. I'm like, show me you mm. can do it. And a lot of videographers do the exact same way. Like, oh, hey, man, like, I'd love an opportunity for you or whatever. Cool. Like, sh- go pull some of the content that I've had wherever that is and like, show me something. Like, mm. that's how I look at anything right now is like, if you want to really stand out as a videographer right now, because it's noisy, it's mm. a noisy space. I'm like, show me something that you can do that actually helps move the needle forward. And if a lot of videographers stop looking at like, oh, how can I make the most flashy thing in the world to where I put all these transitions, these edits, whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. Like that doesn't help move anything forward for me. How can you maybe go find a podcast for someone or a YouTube video someone was on and like, hey man, I, I found five clips that I think you'd really love like to post on Instagram. Like, let me know what you think about it, mm-hmm. right? Cool. Like they would appreciate that more than anything. And like, even if they do use them and like you don't work with them, they'll remember. Mm-hmm. Like I always would, I, I would care more about you making a memorable impression of like, wow, like you went out of your way to go find these clips for me and, and let me use them. I will always remember that. Like, even if I'm not in a place to like hire you or not necessarily work with you right now, I'm like, you're the first person I want mm. when that time comes. Mm. Right. And you'll get 97 no's, but you'll probably get one more yes that you need. Mm. Right. And I think if a lot of people focus more on like repetitions within that of like, go find 20 people you want to work with right now of like, okay, where's the gaps that I can fill? Ooh, they're not showing up as much here on TikTok. Ooh, I can find clips for them. Hey, I found seven clips for you to post on TikTok. Like, let me know what you think about them. Hmm. They'd be much more appreciative because they're like, oh, I just, you're right. I don't have time to post on TikTok. Like, would you want to do that for me Hmm. and find clips? Like, that's an opportunity now. Or like, hey, I actually am not making a lot of YouTube content. I've been kind of looking for a videographer but I just don't really know. I mean, oh, you're local. Like, would you want to like maybe do a test shoot? Like you never know where that could go. Mm. Like I said yes to Zach just because I'm like, I want this because I felt connection to him because I had followed him for the last three months. And I'm like, this was a hell yes for me. Mm. I wasn't being like, hey man, like when am I getting paid? I'm like, no, I just, I want to work for you because Mm. like I enjoy what you do. And like, that was the first and foremost thing. Yes, I understand nowadays where it's like, you, you know, I got bills to pay. I got cool. Like, I understand that. Like, if you're at a place to be able to do that, which I was, that's why I only ever speak from experience. Like you need to go do that. Go take advantage of that. But if you really want this, like if you really want this social to be your outlet, 
you can find gaps in your day to be able to find gaps for other people to serve them mm. and make that a lucrative thing. So I think if you're a videographer, like go find people that you actually want to work with. Mm. And like, again, the whole value and whole beauty of everything is like, you can find a lot of people you don't want to work with. Mm. Like maybe you're like, I don't like real estate agents. Cool. Like maybe you want to go work with, I don't know, dentists or doctors and help them with their practice to like put them on the map, mm. right? Go look at a dentist and be like, oh, well, like, hey, Dr. Smith, like I noticed like if we had some more videos on like Instagram, TikTok, whatever, like, you know, of your practice of you doing certain things, like maybe people would want to book more with you. Mm. Or if you're a carpenter, like, hey, I think if we put together like a really cool edit of you putting together like a house, I feel like people would like be more inclined to buy from you mm. or want you to do their basement because you did a really cool redo of their basement and you threw it up on YouTube shorts that went viral and now you're getting like bookings out the door, mm. right? Like different gaps like that, but understanding what do people want? Well, they want more clients. They want more customers. They want more traffic. Well, how can you bring that to them? Mm. Like that's when you said of like, how do you over deliver then on that second part once you're in the door? Like when I first worked with Zach, it's funny, like you have the Sony FX3 cameras here. Like he had a Sony a7S2. I had no clue how to use that when I first got with him. Mm. And mind you, he was filming in a log footage. I didn't even know what log footage was. I'm just like, hey man, there's no color on this clip. Like, <laughs> is this bad? Did I do something wrong? And he's like, oh no, you just have to grade it. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I'm like, I only shot on a Canon camera. And while I was in LA, I'm looking up on YouTube of like how to color grade S log footage while I'm shooting with him during those five days. Cause I'm like, I have to learn this. Hmm. But at the end of the day, when it comes to sharpening your skills, it's always like, okay, what can I do a little bit better? Hmm. Right. With the gap of, oh, Hey man, maybe I know we've been going hard on long form content, you know, on podcasts and YouTube. Like what if we like started making some clips for shorts, reels, like TikTok, Facebook, you know? Um, it's funny. I, uh, I texted Zach, who I used to work for, right? Uh, last year, I'm like, hey, man, you need to get on TikTok. He's like, mm. really? You think so? I'm like, yes, like you will blow up. Mm. He's at three quarters of a million right now, 750K. And he, we, we, we got on the phone last, uh, like two weeks ago. He's like, hey, man, like, I just want you to know, like, you could take full credit for me blowing up on TikTok. And, <laughs> and I'm like, thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, but like, I didn't ask for anything from him. I'm just like, hey, man, I see a gap for you. Go do this. Mm. Last week, I texted him. I said, you need to be on Facebook Reels like yesterday. And mind you, we still don't work together. Like, right, like we, we have, there's no reason for me to do that, mm. but I just genuinely, I'm like, I see a gap for you. I'm like, I just, I want you to go do well here. Mm. Right. And like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, Hey man, I just, cause I told you this cool. Now pay me money for this. I just genuinely want to give more to you than like you will ever give to me mm. because that's just intuitively who I am. Mm. And so if you're coming from a place of cool, I'm in the door and like, how do I sharpen my skills? Find the gaps. Mm. There's always gaps. Maybe they're not putting enough, enough out on LinkedIn. Like, hey, so-and-so, maybe we should transcribe all of our videos for articles and for other things. Like, take that initiative, mm. right? I think if you can go to people and people that you're working with or whatever, and you can understand, like, okay, from a 90-foot or a 30,000-foot view, like, here's where we could probably be doing better. We'll appreciate that more than anything because they're so in the business that like they probably don't have enough time to work on it, that like when you can take a step back for them, like, oh, I am missing out on this. Like, thank you for bringing this up. Like, let's do this, mm. you know? Yeah. You know, it's actually, what you were saying about filling the gaps, it's it's invaluable. And it reminds me, um, I think Gary actually did a clip about this, but I've seen several entrepreneurs um, have done clips like this. And it's something actually that I've learned from doing this podcast, because we speak to so many like high-level people and it's... Um, it's like how people even ask, they're like, how do you get them on? Like, how do you get your foot in the door? And it's exactly what you said about filling gaps. 
And um, I remember Gary talking about, he's like, um, a lot of people will like reach out to me and offer to work for free. And like, they think that's like helping me. It's like, I don't care. Like that doesn't help me if you offer to work for free. Because now, and, and this is the thing, with anyone that's running like a successful organization, a successful team, they're putting out content. There's so much like thinking that they have to do. So for you to come to them as like the, like the young plucky like intern and like, I'll work for free. It's now like, oh great. Now I have to like figure out how to train this guy, what he should be doing. Um, and so like the most invaluable people to them, the people on their team that they value the most are the people that remove the thinking. It's like, I know that that guy has thought about every eventuality. He's planned out every step. Uh, he's several moves ahead. Like he's not just dealing with things as they come. Like he's literally thinking through things and what's practical. And I trust him to such a high degree that I don't even need to be worried about like, is the TikTok content that we're posting going to be shit? Because <laughs> if it's in that guy's hands, it's going to be good. And he's mm -hmm. going to have thought about like all of the logistics and all of the steps. Um, just to put it simply, you just want to be someone that executes. It, it, it's funny. Um, I put on Twitter that like I was looking for a thumbnail designer. Um, and I said like, show me your links below, like your work mm. below. Two people did that out of the fifty something comments that I got, and those are the only two that stood out because I'm like, you're showing me mm. something. I've also told people this where I'm like, if you want to be, let's say, like a YouTube thumbnail designer, like I just mentioned go show someone of like, hey, I saw this video you made here and I noticed a thumbnail. Here's a new one that I created. I think this would probably get us another thousand views on it if mm. you want to try it, right? Like take the thought out of it for them because mm. they're not a thumbnail designer. They're not an editor. They're not, they're, they're just them. If you could take the mindless things that like they don't even think about off their hands, but you show the result on, in which of something you created for them, of like, hey, here's the thumbnail you put on this YouTube video. I know you probably don't have time for it, which is why it like looked the way it did. Totally understand. I can create stuff like this for you and I can almost kind of guarantee, if you want to put a guarantee on it, like I can guarantee 10x views. I mean, if it's like 10 views video, I can guarantee 100 on this. Cool. But like, they'll appreciate that much more because you're now taking something that they didn't even think about to where it's like, oh, like this does matter and it's important. Like you mm. just showed me that. Mm. You know what it is? I, I've realized this in myself now that I'm like starting to hire editors for the podcast and then also like the agency I'm trying to build. Um, and I, I think about like culture, like who are the sort of people that I want to work with? And I've realized this is actually a mindset, a mindset of over-delivery. Certain people, they just over-deliver in every step. So if you ask them to make, um, like, I don't know, edit this long-form podcast episode, not only will they edit it, they'll also tell you like 10 places where you could pull out short-form clips. And they're not even doing it so that they can be like, they can get, I don't know, an extra tip or like some extra charge. It's their mindset. It's like who they are. Everything has to be over-delivered and it's incredibly difficult to find. Mm -hmm. But like the people that have that mindset, it's like they win to like the utmost degree and it comes easy because every, like people gravitate to that. Mm -hmm. People that also think about over-delivering can sense when someone else cares about over-delivering. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to get, I want to get deep into like the, the video stuff and like what yeah. makes good video. Because I think you said something which is very true, which is the world, especially like the online world, incredibly noisy. Everyone has, you know, an iPhone with an incredible camera 
and they're recording themselves. Um, everyone's doing those Alex Hamozi style like captions and every like um, even AI now can like make like short form content for you mm -hmm. and all this stuff. So I want to start here. When you look in the landscape, because I think I think so much of it for me, even when I thought about like how do we get our video, how do we get our production, how do we get our clips better, it was I needed certain people to look at. I needed someone that I could look at and be like, this guy is killing it. Or this guy or girl, like whatever they're putting out there, this is the top level for me. So when you look in the, in the short form content space, who are a few names that just stand out to you that like, you're like, I am just thoroughly impressed. Um, and why? Like, why do they stand out? I, I mean, you mentioned Alex. I mean, he's a great example. Mm. Number one, doesn't ask for much very little if he mm. does it's like hey go watch his podcast go watch his youtube again more free content or like my 99 cent, cent copy of like 100 million dollar leads the reason he stands out to me is because he can do a great job of simplifying things to where it's like hey here's an objection in a sales call you might have here's how to overcome that mm. simple he he gives extremely simple tangible things that you can go apply immediately and it almost makes like a complex thing of sales calls like well that's really scary to do oh, this happened? Cool, just go do this. And it's like, oh, that's it? You know what I mean? Mm. And I think he does such a good job of simplifying p things that people would look at complex as simple. And again, simple, not easy. Because mm. I think if you can make something simple, then it makes it easier, but it's still not easy. Mm. He does a great job as well with storytelling. He knows how to tell a story within content really well. And he mm. intertwines it within his past experience, like with Gym Launch or um, whatever he's done in the past, like other businesses and stuff. And he can relate that to, you know, well, I was, I met the, you know, so-and-so of, of Panda Express the other day and, you know, he was telling me this and yada, yada, whatever. And like, he connects it to the story so well that you almost feel like you're a part of the journey with him in that short clip. Mm. And I think the, the difference that will set people apart from looking like sharks versus people in the rest of the ocean is story. Mm. Because I think a lot of people look at content right now as well you know i have the captions on i'm like it looks good cool but like you look like everyone else though and i think if you can come from a place of being able to tell a story but also make your content replicable applicable right to where it's like people can repeat the process over and over again see the same result mm. and make it tangible to where they can go apply it immediately mm. that will separate you and if you can make it so simple enough that a fifth grader like i said can understand it you have it mm. right because most people don't understand the social game to a degree to where it's like I said, repeatable and applicable because they make it too complex. They make it so difficult. Like I've, I've worked with a lot of fitness coaches in the past. Like they talk about things at such a smart level that I'm like, if you're speaking to a fifth year old about this, like they don't understand. Hmm. And that's the disconnect is because you're trying to impress other fitness coaches because of your ego, right? Well, your hmm. ego is the one that's keeping you broke. Hmm. So you can either speak to the client that needs you or you can stay stuck in speaking to the coaches. Mm. And the other person that I would say, I mean, Gary does it really well too, right? Like mm. he talks, he, he does a phenomenal, like I never hear him ask much in content. And he does a great job with just it, it being like as if it's just a regular conversation that just happened organically, right? Mm. He shows you the clips of him speaking to someone else and they ask a real life question and he gives the answer or mm. he's on a panel or he's on a hot seat or whatever that is. And those are the two like pillars for me from like a business perspective that do really, really well because I, I, I look at them frequently of like, okay, well, how are they speaking in content now, right? Mm. Gary, for example, he's not swearing as much, 
And I'm like, oh, interesting. Like, why is he not, you know, as profane as he was? You know, well, maybe algorithms have changed because they don't want to promote that as much. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, mm -hmm. why is he saying certain words now? What's he speaking on? What's he paying attention to? Like, he's really high on Facebook Reels. Cool. Like, I am listening to where attention is at. Mm -hmm. Alex, he's really in the game of AI right now. He's really heavy on it. Cool. Like, probably should focus on why he's heavy on AI. I, I always say this. I pay attention to attention. Because no matter what, that is going to be the greatest currency that anyone can own mm. is the attention. And whether it's on someone or something, it, it's always going to be attention, right? Mm. Facebook Reels, like that's heavy right now. That's huge. I know Gary's talking about that. But not just that. I'm watching what he's doing. One of the best quotes he ever said was, don't listen to what I say. Watch what I do. Mm. Because for me, when I see that he's posting swipe posts on Instagram, I'm like, ooh, I know I'm ahead of it because I've been doing that. Mm. Oh, when he's posting more reels now. Ooh, good. Okay, like he's posting this style. Like, I should probably pay attention to that. Alex, mm. he's been posting all reels, like the tweets and stuff. Like, okay, like it's just people that when you see what they're doing, and you're like, okay, like if they're doing this, it's, it's clearly working. Like something's happening here. Not necessarily like the content. Like I need to rip it, but like the action, what they're doing. They're showing up daily, mm. right? I've said this before, where I'm like, pay attention to the people that are doing what you want to be doing but like embody the traits and qualities that they have, right? So when I said like, oh, I gained the 20,000 followers in a month, I wasn't trying to gain that. I was just trying to do the habits and the actions of someone who would be gaining 20,000 followers in a month, mm. right? Same thing with anyone in business. If you want to make $100 million a month, cool. What are the actions and habits that someone would be doing with that, mm. right? Or a million or 10,000 a month, whatever that is for you, like make it relative, but embodying the actions and habits and buying into the process for that and just omitting the result completely because, I mean, if you can buy into that, like you're lethal, mm. you know? You know, the, I remember actually, that was actually a game changer for me when I heard, um, I remember the exact quote that you said, um, the one that Gary said, that like, if you want to learn from me, just like watch what I'm doing. Um, and it's actually a game changer in every, because once, if you're on the internet, you can literally learn from any single human and it, they don't even have to have done like a course teaching you. Like if you want to learn marketing from Gary Vee, just go on his Instagram and like watch everything he's yeah. doing and then replicate that. If you want to learn, I don't know, team leadership from LeBron, watch his post-game interviews, watch every single one, watch what he talks about. And the thing is, it's like, um, I, I started to go deep with it because I was like, you have to just get to a level of detail. And if you, if you kind of just get into it, you'll start to see certain patterns. And it's funny because even like the sports thing, I love sports uh, and I love the psychology of like elite athletes. So I will literally go after like every Lakers game. I will listen to what LeBron says and I'll listen to like, they'll ask a question about one of his teammates. I'll pay attention to how he bigs up his teammate or they'll talk to him about how he just achieved this amazing accolade. I'll listen to the way that he like contextualizes it. And when you do that, when you pay that level of, attention to detail you're literally learning their playbook on the thing that you want to know about mm -hmm. uh, i think that's such a great tip for people um you know one of the things that i want to do because obviously uh you're doing this at a high level especially the short form content and here's what i i know from doing even the trailers that we do for this podcast sometimes when you actually take the video length down more work actually goes into it yeah. like you would think that like way more work would go into like a 10 minute video than like a 30 second clip 
But the thing that people don't realize, and I see it with the, when we're putting together these trailers for the podcast, is we're taking what is really like an hour of information and condensing it into 30 seconds. And not only do we want to give you value, like you're actually learning something, we want to keep you hooked and captivated the whole time. Mm -hmm. That is incredibly difficult to do. And so I want to know from your perspective as someone that's put out so many videos, what is the behind the scenes like? Because you kind of gave us the front end. You said, you know, you want it to be applicable. You want it to be repeatable. Mm -hmm. um, you want it to be simple. That's the, that's the finished final product that people are seeing, that 30 seconds. Ooh, there's so much time that goes in behind the scenes. So take us behind the curtain. What is happening behind the scenes of your videos? It's a great question. So not just my videos, like anyone that I work with too, of like I review their content and everything too. I, it's funny, I listened to uh, Patty Galloway, who's like a YouTube strategist. Yeah, he yeah. said, if you don't have a personality as much, like script, uh, script everything. And I'm like, interesting. Because the people that have the personality, they don't need a script. I feel like I have both. Where I'm like, I have the personality, but I like the script because it just gives me structure. And if I don't, de if, if I deviate from that, cool, but at least like I have some leeway. And I like scripting things out because it helps me get my thoughts out. Because I look at Twitter as an example of this is a way for me to concise, consolidate my thought in 280 characters. And I have to do a really good job with that. I view short form content the exact same way of like, okay. If I could do this in 280 characters, I could do this in 28 seconds, mm. right? And the number one thing with how I script and not just, um, you know, my videos and everything, but it's just, I look at the language of like, I'll run it through a, I forget the, the website that I have, but it spits out the grade level at which I was speaking in. Mm. And if it's anything above fifth grade, I'm like, too complex. I'm mm. like, I gotta make it more simple. And it'll show me the words of like, ooh, this is like a, a subject like a subjective this is a noun that's like you know higher level noun and it's like okay well i gotta take this out you know and i gotta replace it with something else because i know most people aren't going to understand that and if i can simplify it even more as much as possible cool then like they're golden mm. but at the end of the day i have to be able to understand like what am i actually saying here and when it comes to the scripting process of it i look at okay i care most about i mean as we talk like the hook the intro however you want to call it the opener I'm like, that has to be the part that like really gets them in the door. Mm. And I have to always speak to an emotion mm. because I talked about in the past of like the curiosity plus emotion plus relevance. Like that oh, is- that's genius that's when like, you wrote that down. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That, that I look at as like, that's everything. And whenever I viewed content now, I'm like, I always look at everything through that lens. And it, 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 it's, a, it's a, a curse and a blessing because I can't ever walk around like New York City now or wherever I'm at and I'm like, I'm like, oh, that hooked me. I'm like, oh, they spoke to a desire. They spoke to my emotion, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm like, that's marketing. That's all of it. Mm. And whenever it comes to like that first three seconds of like a hook, I'm like, okay, like what emotion am I evoking in them? Like using their words, right? So for example, if oh, I'll break it down. I use the example of like, this is the example. You are destroying your chances of growing on social media if you are doing this, right? Now, obviously I talked with more conviction on it, but like the this part is the part that's like, what is that thing, mm. right? I want to start generating questions in your head of like, what could I be doing wrong? I thought I was doing everything right. Like, mm. yeah, I, I'm not growing. Like, that's me. Like, what could I possibly be doing that's destroying my chances, mm. right? Like, destroying is a strong emotion. That's a strong feeling. Mm. Like, what could I possibly be doing? And if you're someone that's sitting in, in the chair, you're like, oh my gosh, like, I, I haven't been growing. That checks the box. Like, I want to be growing, but I'm not. So this thing that I could be doing, is that why? right? Like I want to start generating questions in your head 
but making you feel that way of like, wow, I, I don't want to be doing, I don't want to be destroying my chances of growing on social media. What could that be doing? Mm. I have to make it relevant too. That's the final component, right? Like you want to grow on social media, like that's the relevancy component of it. Mm. And if you can make it relevant to the scenario, whatever situation that is, right? Like for example, if you're, we'll use fitness as an example of like, hey, if you're trying to put on, or if you're, it's almost summertime, like if you're trying to, you know, lose 15 pounds and get shredded, like you're not going to be talking about building muscle at that time because that's not a desired outcome. That's not, that's not relevant to the time of the situation for someone. Mm. So whenever you're crafting a hook or crafting an intro, it has to be relevant to not only the time, but also like the outcome that they want. Mm. Every single time when I talk about in the beginning, I'm like, I know what your desires are. And I had, and I had to really sit down with all of this. Like I had to really paint a picture for myself. I'm like, what are the outcomes? Who am I speaking to? I'm talking to business owners and entrepreneurs. When I went more broad with my content, I exploded because I was only focused on fitness coaches. And I'm like, hang on, if I can keep my language niche, but speak about it broadly, that's the gold. Mm. And that's what I did. That's the switch is it was a really niche way of speaking. I'm like, oh, I'm talking to fitness coaches, but I'm broadening the way in which I'm speaking mm. because this is applicable to everyone, mm. right? Not just fitness coaches and online coaches, but entrepreneurs, business owners, real estate agents, like even some doctors that I've gotten i'm like they relate to this mm. because at the, at the end of the day like they own their own practice they own their own business like they understand this and so if i again emotion curiosity plus relevance like that's a viral hook i'm not going to guarantee that it's gonna be a viral hook but you're pretty damn close mm. and using the emotion part is huge this is a part where i think a lot of people look at it as like well that's manipulative i'm like no it's not it's called reciprocity where i'm just using your own words right like if you for example are like oh, my videos suck I'm going to say your videos suck in my content because mm. you're saying that. Mm. I'm not saying that. I'm just using your words, right? And so when you hear it, you're like, yeah, my videos do, like, I, I have, like, they do suck. I have been saying that because guess what? Behind closed doors, you know you're saying that to yourself. Like, mm. oh, my content's, my content's shit. No one's watching my content. My content's getting no views. Cool. So I'm going to use that when I make content to bring awareness to that. Mm. So then that way you can fix it. This is the other thing within the intro. It has to bring awareness to a problem. Hmm. people may not know they have a specific problem, but it has to bring awareness to it, right? And all of my content specifically, this is more educational of like, I want to be informative to you, but I want you to be able to take this and go apply it. So this speaks to that, hmm. but it has to bring awareness to it of like, hey, I know you are in this situation. You also know you're in this situation, but maybe you don't know this component of it to where it's like, hey, you want to grow on social media, but like this part is actually holding you back. You're like, okay, cool. Like, I know I want this, but I'm not aware of this one piece. Cool. So I'm bringing awareness to it. Mm. Right. And that's the other thing with, in your content, like I said, is you need to bring awareness to it right away. And the other switch that I made, which has been huge is delivering immediately. The one tip that I learned from Mr. Beast, and this has been an unlock is <laughs> if you're going to make a video about how bananas are the best fruit in the entire world. Don't then show a clip of you doing something else like right away, like show them, like mm. talk immediately about why they're the best things in the world. Like what are the benefits of them? Why are they better than the other fruits? Right? Like speak right away on it, like deliver. Because mm. I think a, a lot of people, they, they look at old 2018 YouTube culture where it's like, well, you got to stick till the end to get the information. No, yeah. give it right away in the beginning. Like give, give it right away. Mm. Because the answer that I like to say is when you can give people the answer right away, then walk them through how you got there, they'll watch. Mm. That's how I like to look at every piece of content right now. And Mr. Beast does this perfectly where he's like, his last video was a $1 airplane seat versus a $500,000 airplane seat. And 
the inch, the beginning of the video, he starts off like, this is a $500,000 airplane seat. But before we get to this, like, we're going to have to go through all this. But he shows you what that is right away. Mm -hmm. Because you know your mind's like, I don't really care about the $1 seat, but like, what's a $500,000? Well, here it is. But like, we're going to get to this later. But first, we got to go through the $1 seat. Yeah. But you just you deliver immediately and you walk them through how they even got there like what was the progression of the one dollar and then what came after the dollar mm. but he fills the gap and what i say with that is there's a curiosity gap within mm. that right yeah. this is the next component that i always look at is what do you know versus what do you want to know right you have a per perceived notion of okay well you know, I think I know this, like, well, I've been told on social media, yes, I should focus on my hook. I should focus on, you know, delivering whatever, like, well, what is this part? Like if we're using the example that I gave before, right? Like you think you know this, but here's this other component that you don't know. And mm. that's the gap that I'm trying to close for you is mm. like, I want to be right there for you where you're asking questions and you're like, I don't know what this is. Mm. Well, the one thing is you're selling too much. I'm bringing awareness to it right away and I'm going to say it right away. Mm. Right. And then I use the example in my last video, like, have you ever seen these people? And I'm sure, and I like the character that I play, Mikey, who's like an Italian coach, whatever I, I play him. Um, <laughs> it's showing you like, Hey, you might've seen this before on social. Like, have you ever seen this person, whatever, but I'm giving you the examples right away. Mm. But I want that gap to be prevalent in every piece that I do because you have a perceived notion of something, but I have a perceived knowledge on something that you don't know, mm. or maybe you do, but I'm going to present it a different way. Mm. Right. And that's how I always look at whenever I script things out is I want to be able to fill in that curiosity gap of, ooh, what's keeping you curious here? Mm. You talked about before within the clips you make for this podcast, what keeps people hooked all the time to like keep them wanting to watch? It's those micro hooks. Right. Mm. So, for example, when I'm talking about, you know, uh, you are destroying your chances on growing your social media if you're doing this. And then if I say what this is, but if you're still, even if you're doing this, this other thing could be causing you a problem. Right mm. now you're like, what else could it be that I'm doing now? It keeps the questions going, but it keeps the curiosity peaked. And people look at this as like, oh, well, you're manipulating attention. You're you know doing all this, whatever. It's like, well, that's what marketing is, mm. right? All of that is. I'm not trying to sell you anything, which is why I don't feel guilty about doing it mm. because I'm not trying to get you to be like, hey, come book a call with me. And I'm trying to pin you to like, you know, hit you with these pain points, these problems. No, I'm trying to bring you awareness to, to something that you may know or may not know. But like, I want you to just go win. That's it. Mm. But like, I don't feel guilty doing it because you know why? I'm coming from a good place. I'm not coming from a place of like, hey, I need you to pull out your credit card and pay me for this. Mm. Like, so I have no shame in doing that. But when it comes to, like, like I said, the hook, the curiosity gap, all of that, there has to be a payoff for all of it. Mm. The end of the video, there, there has to be a payoff. So however this can go apply for me, however this can go apply to uh, better myself, like there always has to be that component in there. So what I mean by that is if, if I keep the micro hooks, we have all these, like, these are all the strategies. Cool. What's the benefit of me watching this? Cool. You're telling me that if I'm selling too much of my content, people are going to get turned off. So what should I do instead? Mm. This is the part where most people miss out on is cool. You can tell people all the problems they're having, all the issues they're facing. Amazing. But like, what should they do to fix it? Mm. that's the thing that you should, that a lot of people need to fix on is you have all the tangibles amazing, but what's the fix, right? Mm. So instead of asking every other post for someone to go click the link in your bio or go, go watch this, go whatever, do that one out of every 10 posts, right? So mm. that you can focus on building more trust with your audience and not turning them off. Mm. Because if you're always selling all the time, people won't follow you. They're going to want to forget you. Mm. And that's what, and that, that's the difference. It's like, Ooh, I hit them at the end with like, I don't want to be forgotten. Because as a human emotion, you, you care about relevancy and acceptance. That is the one thing that like, I don't want to be forgotten. 
but I'm still speaking to the core desire at the end of like, you want people to follow you. You don't want them to forget you. Right. Cool. So make this switch. Mm. Like that's the payoff of like, what's the little tangible thing? Because at the end of the day, I see people selling all the time. And this is just one video that I'm mm. talking about. Like, let's change this, do it this way now. And let's see how that happens. Mm. Right. But then still speaking to the desire and emotion at the end of like, you don't want to be forgotten. Like you still want people to follow you. So the behind the scenes with all of it of like, mainly to me it's all in the pre-production because yeah. i care more about that like i can turn it on i'm like i'm just me all the time like i can make content like i can speak in a certain way i script it because i like that the way in which i want to deliver it that's however i want but yeah. as long as i know ideally what i'm talking about cool i'm making sure that you're getting something out of this and you feel good about it like that's it yeah no that's so good i like the um, because the thing is and like i've even worked on marketing teams and always what you talk about is like the hook and like the CTA at the end. And I think like people always focus on those parts. Yeah. And the, the hook is critical. And like, I've heard everyone that I've spoken to has been like, the hook is actually like the majority of it. Like you need to get people up front. But on all these platforms, uh, the AVD, that like average viewer duration is a huge thing. And so um, I liked what you said about the micro hooks. That's something that I need to, I need to look more into because is that basically how you're maintaining their attention through the entirety of the video? This is what I, this is another thing that I, I will say too. A lot of people are like, oh, I need to work on the hook. And cause it's, it's a big thing now. Great. We all know that. What gets people to click will not necessarily get them to stay. Mm. That's the difference is like, yes, you got them in the door. Cool. But how are you keeping them to stay? And this not only works with just content, but like your audience as a whole, like you may have gotten them in the door from one piece of content, but how are you getting them to stay following you? Mm. Like, are you continuing to deliver over deliver? Like we talked about. And within the micro hooks, right, I like to look at that as from a YouTube perspective, I think podcasts, it's different because I think podcasting people expect more of a conversation and it's more of just like laid back. But when it comes to YouTube videos, like let's say you want to put out a tactical long form video and there's like, let's say a three, four five step process to achieving a certain outcome. Cool. Then at part three, you're like amazing. Like even if you know all these three parts, there's still two parts that if you don't execute these properly, you might face some massive problems. Hmm. right like you're still delivering of like cool even if you got these all checked off like you're still getting their buy-in i always want in the video this is just within short form content like you to say yes like yes like i'm you're right like okay i understood this cool like oh but i need this part still amazing yes and you don't have to do this every single time because i think there's a, a beauty to it just being organic like the video i posted today like there's no there's no strategy with that like i was just on a podcast talking and it was literally talking about me like how i wanted to quit hmm. right and there's no, there's no, I'm not scripting that out, whatever. Like, it's just me talking and you know, th there's no like strategy or tactic, whatever. It's just organic. And I think there's a beauty with that. But if you're also someone who is wanting to like script out videos, you're wanting to make dedicated content, like micro hooking people within it is a reason to get them to stay bought in. Hmm. Okay. You know what I think will be actually, I think this will be really valuable, valuable for people. And I want to get your take on it. Um, I've been hearing from more and more people, people who are like entrepreneurs already, people who are working, but just like, people are cottoning onto the fact that like having a brand online is a huge thing. And I think people see, they see an Alex Homozi, they see a Gary Vee, and they admire it, but it also feels completely out of reach, mm. right? Like if I think about uh, Gary Vee, and I've even heard Alex Homozi talk about this, it's not just him filming the content huge team 
He's got people, uh, and I think he has like dedicated days where he shoots content, but he has people doing like the scripts. He obviously has people doing the editing. Um, and I also think he's gotten to the point where he's done it so much where he's very sharp and specific in what his value add is. He knows who he's talking to. He knows his niche. He knows his style. He knows why the people are tuning in. For the person that's just starting out and is like, okay, I think video is my medium. I have the personality. I got the charisma, whatever. Or I just have something to share and I want to do it through video. Can you kind of just give them, like, give them some tips on how to start out? Because the question that I hear all the time with people, and, and this is actually what I think gets a lot of people stuck from at least my experience and my conversations. They're like, oh, they, they, they overthink the niche. Mm. They're like, where do I, like, who am I talking to? What's my niche? I need to focus on this, or I don't know what to talk about, or I don't know why people would listen to me. If you were gonna, if someone who wanted to start a brand was gonna come into this room and you were gonna give them like some game on like, okay, because most things that you can focus on are actually noise, especially at the beginning. They're completely irrelevant. There's actually like a very small set of things that you really need to hit to be successful. So if someone was to come into this room and you were going to like, you know, show them behind the curtain, give them the game. Here is the set of things that you need to focus on for the next three months that's going to drive impact. And that's the word, right? Like impact. Like if you do this, you're going to see results. What would you say? Number one, I would not even say three months. I'd say punt the next one to three years mm. of like having no expectation. Meaning a lot of people put out a video and they're like, it didn't work. And I'm like, that's the same person that would be in a calorie deficit for 24 hours trying to lose weight and like, it's not working. Mm. No, how about you come back to me in 24 weeks mm. and tell me if it's working. Same thing with video. Like you make one video and you're like, oh, it didn't work. Well, come back to me after a hundred videos and let's see if it worked. Mm. Because I think a lot of people get frustrated with like, well, I'm just doing this one thing and it's just not working because you're placing so much expectation early on and in such a short time frame. The expanding the, the time frame thing again. Mm. If you just looked at the first one to three years of you making content as like, I'm figuring out my voice and who I want to speak to, you'd be a lot kinder to yourself. But instead, you look at it from a place of desperation and scarcity because you need to make money. Mm. Because you're in so much pain of like the job and the life that you hate that you want to use this as a vehicle to get out, but the way in which you're trying to go about it is so wrong and from, from such a scarcity place that you'll end up miserable and poor and in the exact same place you are right now. Because you don't actually want this, you want the result of it. Mm. You want the result of the freedom of the lifestyle that you want of being an entrepreneur, being whatever it is, but you don't actually want to make content for the long game. Mm. Like I want to make content for the next 90 years because I love it in my bones. Mm. You want it because you need, to, you need to pay rent this month. Mm. We don't come from the same world. Right. Like I, I am in it for the long run. You are in it for like, I just need money now because like, I want to cash in on this online thing. But like, that's not how you play the game. Hmm. Like you said, the people that are going to play this the longest are the ones that are going to be the most consistent. I see so many people burn out with social media because they attach such an expectation to it that it's so miserable. And it's, it's just, it's so fathomable to me that like, you, you are so entitled that like, well, I put out a video, someone should pay me. I put out, 10 videos today like I, I like I should be somebody no like that's not how you respect the game like 10 videos over time 100 videos a thousand videos right so if you're like in the next three months I want you to show up every single day if it matters that much to you you can give me 90 days of consistency consistency hmm. you can post every single day well my phone I don't have a good uh, good enough lighting yes you do 
you have enough excuses, you don't have enough solutions. Hmm. So if you really want something for the next three months, you're like, well, I want to try to put out videos. I want to try to put out content. Cool. Daily. And if you're like, well, I don't know who I'm speaking to. Cool. Well, what do you like to talk about? What do you want to help people with? What do you want your voice to be? Like, figure that out first hmm. and give yourself some grace with that because you may not know who that is you want to talk to. That's fine. Like, that takes time. It took me two years where I'm like speaking to other fitness coaches. Now it's where I'm like, I'm speaking to just entrepreneurs and business owners as a whole. And hmm. maybe in two years from now, I'll speak to new people. Like, I'm always evolving with that, but I expand my timeline with that. You're looking at it from two weeks. I look at it at two years. Expand it. But most people come from such a, and I, and I'm, I don't equate social media doing this where it's like instant gratification. They see people blow up on TikTok on reels and get viral videos and whatever. And when they don't see that happening for themselves, like, oh, it's just not working. Mm. It's like, no, no, like that doesn't work that way. Like you're entitled. You mm. need to drop it. It's the mm. ego. It's that ego inside of you that's like, well, that should happen for me. No, for someone, it might be one video for you it might be a hundred, mm. but like, is that any better or worse? No. Like that's just on your timeline. And if you stop looking at what other people are doing so much of like Alex or Gary, well, they have the brand, they have the audience. Well, they, they, they're so sharp with it now because they've put in the reps, mm. right? It's the same person that's like, well, I'll never be jacked. I'll never be able to step on stage like a bodybuilder. Well, like they've put in hours in the gym. Mm. You haven't even walked to the door. So who are you to say like, well, why me? No, like that can be you if you just stop filling your mind with fucking excuses and like fill it with solutions. Mm. If it matters to you for the next 90 days to put out content, to really do this thing, whatever that is, like find time. Like, well, I got the family. I got this. Cool. Well, then it's on you to be a better person for your family because it matters. Mm. If you want to get out of this job you hate, like a lot of people, I want to, I want to, I want to get out of this life that I have, whatever. Cool. Like, and you want social media to be that vehicle. It can be. You can give me 90 days of consistency. I don't care. Mm. Like, show up on video, make it, make a video with your phone. Like you don't have to put captions on it. You can put automatic captions on reels. You have all the tools available. Mm. The number one thing, man, that people struggle with is like, well, I don't know who to talk to. Like you said, like, I don't know my niche. I don't know like who I like specifically. And I think that cripples them. And I think that's an excuse at the end of the day, because if you just talk about things you're genuinely passionate about, whatever that is, whatever you want that to be, maybe you don't have to speak to business owners, Right? You don't have to speak to entrepreneurs. I want to because I know they need help. Maybe you want to build a landscaping business. Maybe you want to build a, a plant business. I don't know what that is. And you're really passionate about palm trees. Like You can make a living off that. Mm. Like You can do literally anything you want. That's why I don't like putting a cap on it of like, you know, well, I should only make content like this. No, like figure out other things like test, test a bunch of things. Like if for 90 days, all you did was test content and you're like, oh, I liked how I made this. This felt good. Cool. So let's take that. And like analyze, why did you like it? Why did it do well? Maybe it didn't do well, but you liked it. Like, mm. let's understand that, right? The other thing too, stop playing the victim. Mm. Stop looking at, oh, the algorithm didn't like my content. No, no, the audience didn't like it. Mm. That's been the, man, that has been the number one unlock for me is taking algorithm and putting audience. I'm like, ooh, that has freed everything for me. Because mm. in a world where people are like, oh, Instagram algorithm's changing. Oh, the TikTok algorithm. Oh, it might be banned. Oh, YouTube. Like, cool. Stopping at the mercy of the platform, A, but B, stopping at the mercy of the algorithm to where you make the algorithm the problem and start looking at yourself as like, well, what could I have done better? Mm. Because if you always blame the algorithm, if you always fall victim to that of, well, the YouTube algorithm didn't push me and it's pushing other people, it's favoring other people. Well, look at the other people that it is favoring. Like the content's good, in my opinion. Mm. And 
if you also look at other content of that's going viral on reels on facebook wherever that is it's like well it probably has one component of like it's either emotionally investing in you it's keeping you curious and it's making it relevant to something mm. like well these dog videos always go viral well do you have a dog you do okay mm. cool so you watch that video three times over which is giving it a 300 percent avd and you're sending it to all your brothers and sisters of like oh my god look how cute this dog is but there's stupid things going viral well you're helping it go viral <laughs> like yeah. you are the person that it's supposed to be targeting because it knows that you have a dog because you probably speak of your dog like and your phone's picking it up and it knows what to put in front of you mm. right like the algorithm's smart yeah. The algorithm knows what you want. It knows your interests. It knows your likes because it knows your behavior on these platforms. Stop playing victim to it. Yeah. You know, you know, one thing actually, I, I, um, I love that you said, cause I've started to get into doing this as well, because here's the thing, right? So I think what you said about the, the 90 days, or even if it's like six months, a year, two years, um, a lot of people are trying to like figure out the formula, but they have no data. Mm. You need to start with data. So you need to start with like, you're putting something out there. You need something to respond to. It's like, you're trying to figure the shit out the wrong way around. You're like trying to think your way to being viral versus like putting shit out and then readjusting. That's how everything great is created. It's putting something out uh, onto the floor, onto the table, onto, you know, online world and then adjusting, making small adjustments. I think that's a, that's a great point. But after that initial, um, six months a year and this is the game i'm starting to get into now it's like okay how do you figure out like what's working like the, the stuff that's working versus not working how do you figure out what adjustments you need to make and um the space where i'm starting with it is exactly what you said about the dog videos which is like start to analyze your reaction to content like when you, when you, um, you have a, a favorite TV show, you have a favorite short form creator that every time he posts, you're watching that shit. You have an Instagram profile that you just love scrolling through. And you're like, wow, the way, uh, the way that he or she does stories is like super engaging, but don't just take it at that surface level. Think why, why is it? And, um, it's crazy when you actually get into the details and you start to see the really small things that creators are doing just to keep you hooked. And that process of just constantly analyzing your own behavior, you'll start to slowly figure out the game. I'm curious, do you have any more tips on just like how you can figure out like what adjustments you should be making? I, I'll, tell, I tell, I'll tell people this, I'm like, I can learn everything about you if I just look at your YouTube home feed and your explore page on Instagram. I can tell everything about you. What are you looking at? Like, what would you be looking at? All the interests. Of like what what's popping up on your feed. Like if you look at my my Instagram feed, it's probably going to be things to do with planes and soccer because that's what I'm heavily interested in right now. Mm. I mean, I have a healthy obsession with planes too, um, mm. and <laughs> soccer too because I'm like I'm invested in like the Premier League and everything. Like I'm a Man City fan, so like all oh. those things are going to be like on my feed, right? You're a Man City fan. I know. We're going at it right now. I'm an Arsenal fan. Oh man, it's it you guys tense. are leading. Yeah, you're doing well. <laughs> we are, we're doing well right now. We we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it ends. <laughs> the reason I say that though is because I'm like, okay, if I just look at that and your YouTube home feed, I'm like, where's my eye going to first? Is it, ooh, Man City put out another vlog, a day in the life video? Or did ESPN put out a video on LeBron? Because I'm a big LeBron fan. Mm. And I'm like, what am I clicking on first? Right. But like, not only that, Mr. Beast put out a video and I'm not even subscribed to Mr. Beast, but it's recommended to me because I've watched him in the past. I'm like, 
I want to watch that because it's creating more curiosity for me. Like the LeBron thing, I'm like that's predictable because we're talking about the Lakers if they're going to win. They've been talking about this for a while. Like Man City, oh, I know who they're playing this week. Cool. I don't really care that much, but like Mr. Beast trying a one dollar airplane seat versus a five hundred thousand dollar, like that's different, mm. right? I always pay attention to, like you said, the consumer behavior. If you stop looking at content as like, you know, well, this is just a good video. Like it went viral. Like it's got a lot of views. Like why though? Like actually analyzing your own behavior as a consumer. I, there's times where I just, I consume content, but then there's times where like, I'll stop and I'll understand like, why did this do well? Mm. Like I'll go through Hermosi's old videos and I'll run an analytics check of like what his top performing videos were. And I'm like, why did all these do well? And there's a common theme right now that a lot of people are missing, which is, which is huge. The, what I call in real life content, the IRL style of like taking you with them mm. is huge right now. Because in a world where 2020, we were all in our homes and not able to do anything like that's making a comeback now, I feel because people want to see how you live your life outside of your home. Mm. And all of Alex's top videos are when he's going to 7-Eleven to show you how you can get 100 grams of protein at 7-Eleven. Mm. Right. And it's interesting. It's like, but, but why does it why, like that's it's so stupid. It's like the, the least produced thing. It's just him going. But it's just he fits the part. He's jacked. But it's also like, oh, like that's I, I didn't know that. Like, mm. I didn't know I could get this bag of jerky or this protein shake or whatever, but like, it's this in real lifestyle of content that I think latches other people onto creators as like, oh, you do other things outside of what you normally do. Like, that's cool. When I see Alex go to 7-Eleven, me and Rico, I'm like, oh, you go to 7-Eleven too. I'm like, I do too. Mm. It's another connection point, right? And even uh, Ryan Pineda put out a video about like how if you wait in line at Costco for, to pump gas, like you're waste, you, you don't care about your time. It was just a video of him on his iPhone, like put the Instagram captions on it, whatever, like not heavily produced, blew up. Mm. And I'm like, interesting. Like I pay attention, like why is that doing well? Versus a video of him sitting in a studio, really nice camera, really nice setup, great topic, audio's crisp, bombed. Mm. But a video of him at Costco did well. I'm like, well, I relate to that. I'm like, I go to Costco, right? Like I, I understand that. Mm. And it's also cool because it's like, I like seeing what you do outside of that, mm. right? And I think if a lot of people tap more into that, if you have more of an establishment right now, but not even just that an established brand, but just showing people like other things that you do that make it relatable, that mm. make you the character relatable. Mm. And that's something that I spoke about um, in my story of like, I need to switch up my content. And that's something I need to do too, is like make it more relatable to where like, look, I'm outside in the street, like doing, filming a video. Like I don't have the best lighting. I'm on my iPhone too. Like I'm doing all this stuff. Like I'm just talking to you about certain things. Like I'm filming in public and I'm really nervous at the airport, but I'm doing it. Mm. Like all these things that it's like, oh, you do this too you know, that a lot of people want to be connected with. I think vlogs are going to make a big comeback mm. shortly because as the world's more, it's opened, people want to see more of that mm. because we've seen a lot of like talking head in the home, whatever. I mean, great. I think people want to see outside of that. I feel like social media is itching for that a little bit more and it done really well, um, especially from like the high level entrepreneurs and business owners. But long about way of saying like, pay attention to what gets you to want to click. Like when you think of like scroll stopping hooks and whatever videos, I'm like, what got you to stop? Maybe it wasn't necessarily like a really well done hook. Maybe it didn't speak to a pain point. Maybe you just got curious because you're like, I wonder if he's actually going to do this. Like you could see a YouTube short thumbnail or a video on like, you know, I can't believe I bought this for a million dollars. What is it that you bought for a million dollars? Like, but it got you curious, mm. right? Pay attention to how you view content. Don't just mindlessly scroll. I tell every single person that I work with, I'm like, I want you to pay attention to the 10, like for 10 to 15 minutes, like screenshot everything that got you to stop. Even if it was for 
five to seven seconds, but you got you to stop. It wasn't like an afterthought of like, oh, this uh, scroll, scroll. Uh, this was interesting. Like screenshot that. Like, why did that get, get you interested? Mm. Right. And then however long you watch it, like, but just pay attention to why did this get you interested in the first place? Mm. You know, I want to, I want to ask you um, one more question. And then I want to ask a few like very tactical specific mm-hmm. questions, but I want to start with this, which is, um, actually, you know what? Let's start with, let's do the tactical. Let's, let's do the tactical ones first. What do you think about like, I know a lot of people ask about like captions, uh, like titles, uh, when you're thinking about like captioning your video, like what's your, what's your thought process? What I care most about is like that first screen that essentially is like a title card. I look at that as like a YouTube thumbnail. Mm. So when it comes to short form content, the first, like I said, three seconds, yes, it matters, but I want to almost have a title card act as if a thumbnail. So mm. it's not necessarily what I'm saying in the first part of the video, but it's more necessarily, it's more so bringing awareness to a point of like, Hey, don't stop making this mistake in your content. Right. Mm. Because when you scroll through my Instagram feed now on, on reels, it's like, Ooh, like what mistake am I making? Or what are these three things that I need to hear about? What is this? Right. Like I want you to like be curious on the reels feed. Mm. So that's mostly what I care about with captioning when it comes to like emojis and whatnot. Like I'm okay, cool. Like as, as long as it's supporting it, um, can I highlight like yellow? Cause yellow is a good text to bring awareness. Mm. Um, that's a good color for that. Um, it creates a level of urgency. Can I capitalize like, you know, instead of this font on a top level, because I always like, st- sorry, like a, a stacked um, caption towards like one line and then the next, mm. like maybe the one line is a little bit bigger and the next line like adjusts to then being smaller. So just it creates that variability. Um, if I need to add imagery within editing, like to support a point, because I think for too long you could have a video going and it's like, you know, if we're just on this camera for like 10 seconds, it can get boring, but then you switch to that one and it's like, mm. oh, cool. Like that's a new pattern interrupt. That's a change, mm. right? It's just another visual stimulation. Stimu- stimulation and within editing as well like as a whole not just captions but like anything that you can do to help support a point like do it Mm. right if that's a a video like a visual aid a b-roll aid just to help give more context i look at that as just like again supplementing what you're already talking about Mm. you spoke about um the return of like vlog style like content Mm -hmm. uh and it's funny even when i speak with chris i say this and and this is why like as soon as the guest steps in we get the camera rolling um it's something actually that i heard the nelk boys say which Mm. is like um if you watch any of their like full send podcasts it will usually start with like almost like weird b-roll of them like talking to the guest in the car park or something or like outside the house Mm -hmm. um and it's because people love like the behind the scenes shit like the content that seems like you're not even meant to see it but we but you are seeing it it's like the real stuff like people gravitate to the real stuff um I kind of want to, I want to hear like almost like a day in your life. Like you're consistently putting out content at a high level. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it would be incredibly interesting for people to know like, what does your days look like? Like what's the behind the scenes that's allowing you to have this result on the front end of all this polished content coming out? Yeah. Um, I mean, each day is a little bit different. Like Mondays are more heavy days where like I'm on one-on-one client calls, just like talking. So I don't really use that as a way to film. Cause I'm like, I'm just creatively tapped. Mm. Um, Wednesdays and Thursdays are days where I'm like, I block everything off to where I'm like, I just want to do what I want to do. Mm. And whether that's, I want to go work out at 1 PM or I want to go work out at like the morning. But like for me, I spent a lot, I spent a great deal of time of just like studying content. Mm. Not only just that, but I'm like, okay, well, what other problems have I talked about, but what can I like do better with? Right. And a lot of that comes on those Wednesdays and Thursdays weekends. It's funny. I've, I 
I used to be the type where I'm like, I need to be working on the weekends and like hustle all the time. But I'm like, there has to come a balance. And like, I'm in a life and season now where I'm like, I want to spend less time socializing with people and more time like on me. Mm. And well, that's like working out or like with my girlfriend, but like, I'm just not in a phase of like wanting to like go out and do things and whatever. Like, I'm just, I want to be locked in right now. Cause I like, mm. I want to build more, more momentum. Um, so like I said, like Monday is just like more client call meetings. Um, ed- I still do editing as well. So like editing is on Tuesdays typically. Um, and then Wednesday, Thursday is just big filming. And then Friday is just kind of like touch base calls and stuff. Um, so that's essentially just like how that looks. It's funny. Um, I was listening to Alex. He talked about like his day in life. He's like, yeah, like eight, eight to one, like uh, 4 a.m. to 1 a.m. 1 p.m. is literally whatever I want to do. And then have a couple meetings, then dinner. And that's it. And I'm like, <laughs> that's so simple. I'm like, I love that. I'm like, I need to restructure that. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's, it's interesting. I've restructured to when I have like one-on-one calls with people to specific times, just because I'm like, if I sporadically have it like every other day, then it's like, I'm not be able to, being able to focus on like what I want, mm. and what I want to do, which putting out content for me has like exponentially grown everything. Um, and so like, that's gotta be priority. Yeah. Okay. You know, I have two, I have two final questions. The first one is this, um, we've spoken about like the art of content. And I say the art because I truly believe that. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's actually, it's a, it's a craft. Um, it's something that you have to learn and develop and, and get better at. Um, when it comes to, when it comes to like putting out content and developing the art, um, if I wanted to learn storytelling, because mm. that's really the key component, right? And I think people don't pay attention to that. Um, I was even listening to, um, Guy Ritchie, the director, he went on the Joe Rogan podcast like years ago and he's breaking down storytelling. He's breaking down like narrative and uh, the thinking that goes behind these videos. Do you have any inspiration or people that you're learning from when it comes to the art of storytelling? Casey Neistat's been a massive inspiration for me. Early on when I, when I watched him do vlogs, it was like seven minute videos, like six minute videos. But I'm just like, how is this guy waking up in the morning and then finishing a vlog? to be ready for the next day. Hmm. But he tells a story within it. Like whether that's him going to lower Manhattan or he's going to Upper East Side for something, but I'm like, he's telling you a story of like something that maybe maybe have happened with his brother three years ago, but he can paint a picture in such a great way and recall other footage that he has. But it's like, you take something away from each video um, while he's like on his boosted board and he's going throughout the city. But the one thing that I, I learned about storytelling is I'm like, it's, it's contextual to everyone. Hmm. I'm like, however you want to tell a story, like, that's the variable because the number one thing within content is the creative is the variable with all of it. Like, however you want to tell the story is up to you. If you want to use extra B roll to like, like I said, add a point to something or to be able to supplement it. Cool. Like then that helps add to the story of it. If you want to relate to an experience that you had and like have it be raw and just talk about it. Like I don't ever put constraints on content or storytelling or how you should speak about something because I feel like if it's, if it's a story that you can relate to, or if it's something that is contextual to a piece of content right now or an issue that someone's solving and you want to relate it to a past experience that you've had amazing like tie that in then and i think that adds element to it but mm. the one thing like with with casey that i i loved with him was um he made a video like about the uh then it was i think it was like a, a nike shoot that he did or no there was one about him like uh s- like skating in new york city when it snowed a lot and like he just talked about like what that was like mm. and that time and it was just interesting to me because i'm like oh that's like an interesting story like i never would have thought that you could even skate in New York city when it snowed a lot. Right. Mm. And just the way that he, I think articulated it. But for me, what was enticing was he always kept it moving. Like he was always moving within his videos. He was never too much in one spot. And so for me, it always kept me like 
I'm like, where are we going next? You know, mm. like it always made me like feel like I left I, it. Casey made me feel like I lived in the city with him mm. and I had never lived in New York City. Mm. And he almost told a story subtly of how beautiful New York City was wherever he would go without having to do so. Mm. And it, the reason I love coming to New York is because I'm like, I feel like I've lived here before. Mm. And I think if someone could do a really good job within storytelling of feeling like, wow, I feel like I know you already mm. or I feel like I've experienced things with you, then like you've mastered the art of it, I feel. Yeah. Okay, here's where I want to end. Um, I remember there's this sports journalist and he actually used to be an NFL player. He's called uh, Emmanuel Ocho. Huh. Um, I think he works on Fox. He also yeah. has like his own, his own content that he does. And I remember him talking about, um, he had like this video that went viral um, because he'd been putting out this content and these videos called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Mm. And it had gone like viral, I think especially over the pandemic. And he gets a call from Oprah and um, obviously like he can't believe it that he's like speaking to Oprah. And then he's like, Oprah tells me, she says, she says, you have the thing, my friend. And not many people have the thing, but you have the thing. And when you were talking about Casey Neistat, and we've obviously spoken about Mr. Beast, we've spoken about Gary Vee, we've spoken about Alex Hamozi. Certain people just kind of have the thing, right? Like they just captivate you. Like you just, you, you consume their content and maybe it's just that they're so relatable. Like the thing that you said with Casey, that you're like, I see myself in that guy. Maybe it's Gary and like, even what I said about listening to him on the podcast when I was like 16 years old, he speaks with such energy and conviction that even though he's just like an entrepreneur and at the time he's telling you he's going to own the Jets, you're like, I believe that yeah. fucking guy, Like he's going to do it. And so I'm curious because you're someone that's so deep in the space and you, you analyze this shit and you're also a creator. For the people that really reach that elite level of content creation, of building an audience that truly resonates with them. If I was going to ask you and I said, Enrico, like, what is the thing? Like, put words around it, like, articulate it. What is the thing? What would you say the thing is? It's funny. I call it the it. Like, whenever I look at people, I'm like, they have it. Mm. And I think... It's, it's one thing for me I always look at as the reason you are right now is because you are being the person that you never had 10 years ago. And I'm the person right now that 27-year-old Enrico didn't have when I was 17. And so I always look at that as like, if I had me now, I feel like I'd be so further ahead, right? Mm. And every single time I look at someone right now who has it, I'm like, they're speaking to a younger version of themselves, but they're like their biggest mentor because they know the problems that they faced. And so they know how to solve it. Mm. And they know a lot of people who, for example, whenever I speak to people now, I'm like, you're 17 year old Enrico right now. Like you are where he was. And I'm like, I can help you get out of there. Mm. Right. And so whenever I look at that, and mind you, when I say 17 year old Enrico, I'm like the Enrico that had no idea how to figure it out on social or no idea how to make videos or whatever. I'm like, I'm speaking to you because I know what that was like. That's why whenever I, I make in content of like, well, the algorithm, whatever, and uh, people play victim to it. And like, oh, they're saying this. I'm like, I, I know what you're feeling. I know what, you, what you're going through. Like when I look at Alex, I'm like, he gets it because he understands what I'm feeling. He mm. understands like the whole sales issues that I'm facing. He understands the business things that I'm facing. It's almost like you're in my head, right? Mm. And the reason people do really well with that and they're, whenever you get clients or if you're out there, like you have an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner and you get those clients, like I feel like you're just in my head. It's because you know your target audience to a T. 
you know what they do when they wake up to when they go to sleep and you know exactly how they operate and you can get in their head to when they're like, oh my gosh, I, I feel like you just, you get it, mm. right? Like that's the thing that I like hearing is like, I feel like you get it. Mm. It's because I've lived it. And I think the people that get it have lived it. Mm. That's beautiful, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the channel. We're having fire conversations every week on the podcast. Before we end the episode, a quick word from our sponsor, Free Agency. What if I told you there is a good chance you're leaving money on the table in your career? It would kind of annoy you a bit, right? Well, Free Agency aims to stop that. They represent and manage talent in the tech industry. Here's how they do it. First, they provide you with a dedicated talent agent. Think about this as your career quarterback. They understand you and your career goals. Based on that understanding, they bring you suitable interviews at top firms. You focus on smashing the interview and together with their network, research, negotiation expertise, they will make sure you get a top of market salary. Stop job searching alone and start building your dream career today with free agency.